I think someone assassinated Dan. <laughs> Hey everybody, RCLA Nation version 2.0. I am Dan. This is episode 157. You guys are here, Nick, Justin, Jesse. Say hi, dudes. What's up, dudes? What's up? Hola. Hi, Nick. Hi, Dan. Waiting for it. I'm waiting for it. Justin, you're letting me down, man. Oh, am I supposed to jump in with the old man voice? Or whatever. Is that? Yeah, I guess that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I knew. <laughs> Bill sounds like a special ed student. <laughs> Definitely not hitting the old person tones there. So what's going okay. on, guys? Anything new and exciting happened this week? Lots going on in the heli world this week. Huh? No? Yeah? Huh? A few, a few, yeah. A few yeah. things, huh? Yeah. Well, what, why what don't you, you tell us, Dan? To? I'm going to wait for the yeah, news, man. That was a, that's what they call in the biz a teaser, you see. A teaser? Yeah, see, uh-huh. grabbing people's attention and then letting them know that some point in the show, we will be talking about that stuff. See how that See how that works? Yeah, but I feel like you ruined it now that you said it. Yeah. We were <laughs> yeah. going to let it roll. You just went into the explanation. Well, you, I, I was... We, we're giving out our trade secrets uh, here, man. I was sensing, <laughs> I was sensing some confusion... <laughs> And I, I, I'm, I'm sure Nick would have caught on, uh, but I know from experience that Justin, you and Jesse, when <laughs> when a curveball is thrown your way, uh, it, it's it's it gets all weird. And, and no, quiet. dude, I, I'll tell you what, I'm good with a curveball. I'm not with a curveball of shit. <laughs> Because that's what Dan. you threw at Jesse and I two weeks ago. <laughs> well, well, I, I appreciate the explanation, Dan. Well, anytime, Jesse. I, I appreciate yeah. the fact that you appreciate that. Was that was awesome. Yeah, now <laughs> he, I, I feel enlightened. So enlightened. He always needs the explanation. He's an engineer. He's an engineer. <laughs> yeah. He's not really a doer. <laughs> He's kind of a designer. Justin, where are you at? You always come back with the, now what the hell? <laughs> oh, that's okay. You and I have talked about that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> engineers don't need the explanation. Engineers have the explanation. You know, okay. Kind of off topic, but I got to share a story. I had a meeting this week with uh, uh, a a tool manufacturer for CNC machines and a Haas sales rep, and we were in our shop, and we were talking about engineers and machinists. And uh, of course, the University of Montana here doesn't have an engineering school. And they both kind of looked at me cross-eyed and said, well, what the hell? Why do you care if there's an engineering school? I said, well, I figured there's an engineering school. There's going to be someone around. There's going to be a machine shop. They go, no, no, no. You don't want an engineer in here helping you with your machines. You want a machinist in here helping you with your machines. <laughs> That's actually generally true. <laughs> That's true. I think I would agree with that. There are some engineers that have the skills when it comes to machining, but... 
<laughs> you, you want someone that's experienced. In no, it's an engineer that became a machinist. That's right. There you yeah. go. <laughs> that's right. So what's been going on, guys? Since we're already only a few minutes into the show and talking about nothing to do with helicopters, maybe we should revert. This is what they call in the medical business. See, I'm full of explanations today. This is a redirect is what they call this. We're redirecting. We're redirecting. We're going to narrate the whole show. <laughs> Regroup and redirect. I'm thinking. Redirecting is also what I do with my son when he gets into something that he's not supposed to. I, I like the idea. I like the thought of narrating like that. Nick, do you, does that not set well with you? Hey, man. You, you, you see what he did? Right you're there? the like he air quotes boss. And then you became silent. <laughs> yeah. And that's not supposed to happen. That's called a dramatic yeah, see, what pause. What we do here is it's a. Is, it, <laughs> is that what that is? Can we just start all Wait, over? Man, this is a really got, crappy show. You it was a ex- little too long. It was a little too long. And uh, you yeah. should have had some I, kind I'm of. I'm full of drama, so like, my pauses are always awkward. longer. Uh, for oh, you. Oh, okay. That makes right. sense then. Then you nailed it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> nailed it. So, Nick. Yes, Dan. <laughs> what have you been up to this week, Nick? Dan, I had the week from hell, Dan. I like that. I, 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 that was another dramatic pause. and I, That was way that too was long good. of a pause, too, dude. It was still too long, but it was shorter than the first one. So we're getting, it's in the right direction. Yeah, and I got the two engineers <laughs> giving directions. I don't know, it made me feel a bit uncomfortable. Ugh, this is, well, this is already perfect. sounding like a train wreck. All right. Yeah. Dan, no, I... Uh, the the so, good thing hey, about all Justin, of this shush. is that it's recorded. You can take this out, dude. <laughs> like I've said before, this is still oh my god, Justin! Oh go man, out. Justin, shut Jeez. up! Let Nick talk. That, ladies and gentlemen, is experiencing an engineer. <laughs> so, Nick, you didn't have a good you didn't have a good week this week. What's up? No, I did not. I created a a just a nasty, nasty mess. Uh, actually. That's that's completely truthful. That's not uh, hypothetical. It was a physical nasty. I think nasty I know what mess. you're. Re- I think I know what you're referring to. Yeah. Crap so pants. No, I just crap my pants. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have been wanting to do something with the basement ever since moving all of my heli stuff out into the trailer. So I got this crazy idea that it was time to build a sound room uh, for recording this debauchery of a show. And uh, I decided to do that under the stairs in the basement, make like a, like a little Harry Potter room, (laughs) kind of creepy. That's (laughs) where creepy inside. That's where creepy Nick hangs out. Yeah. Yeah. It will (laughs) be creepy. Creepy Nick corner. Yeah. Creepy (laughs) Nick corner. There's one thing you need to know about plumbing. You know what that is? What's that? Shit rolls downhill. Yes, it does. Yes. Yes. In the black pipe. In the black pipe. That's correct. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah, long story short, I've been wanting to do, uh, ever since I moved all my junk out of the basement and uh, built a heli trailer, the basement has just been kind of a, just a wasted space of nasty and unclean and and just, just not cool. So, I took on a little project. I decided to wall off half the basement, leave the nasty half alone uh, that goes into the crawl space. And then on the other half, 
uh, turn it into kind of a, like a like a workout room type deal. Um, with the exception of I decided to add a sound booth underneath the stairs. You know, like a yeah. like a little Harry Potter room. Right. Yeah. Just like Harry Potter, actually. <laughs> a Harry Potter room. <laughs> well, that's... Dude, that is... cooking up some stuff in there. It's the exact shape. Uh, you right. The whole deal. Yep. So, uh, I was uh, against my normal... Um, my normal way of doing things. I was taking my time, uh, being methodical about it, and I really wanted a, the walls a specific way. There were some plumbing pipes that were ever so slightly in the way. So I just wanted to give a little nudge. Oh. <laughs> and keep in mind, this is an old house. And, it, I mean, the plumbing's not original, but it's old as well, all done by the homeowner. Wonderful gentleman. Uh, but nonetheless, a little... I think the word ghetto is a little harsh. It's not quite patched in there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, just a little patched. Yeah, kind of. Well, I I pried just a little bit and I heard pop, 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 pop. And that was all of the glue fittings that weren't quite glued properly on the drain. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. All of the plumbing in my house pretty much centralizes on this one location. <laughs> oh, no. As in, like, the sink, the shower, the dryer, the uh, not the toilet, thank God, and the sink in the kitchen. It just all comes around here, and there's Y fittings and this everywhere. So what turned into, oh, I need to fix one little repair, and this is all part of the main, like, the main drain that goes out. Uh, it turned into pretty much a nightmare. And then you know how it is. You're in there. You're looking at it. And now I see a copper pipe with a couple shutoff valves that are just like, just starting to leak a tad. But if I'm going to put a finished room, now they can't leak anymore. So then it got into the copper as well as the drain. And long story short, it just kicked every ounce of my ass. <laughs> bad I mean bad I've been working on this for three nights uh, so th- yes that is three days without a shower which was oh, bad in no. itself yeah That's working rough. with gray water without a shadow is rough I mean I had the kitchen sink left functioning and the toilet you know my poor wife bless her heart was in so there why did on you the take a shower night. then I couldn't. You just said you had a kitchen sink. <laughs> Make <Yeah>. it work. <laughs> sit, sit, <laughs> strip down and Get sit creative. my bare ass in the, in the stainless steel sink. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to get, you gotta get creative. It'll, it'll work, right? Yeah. yeah, my wife was out there. It was just a mess, you know, and, and I feel so bad for her because she heard about every four-letter word known to man and then a whole bunch of new ones because there's just nothing. Plumbing is my, it's my kryptonite. I hate it. I hate everything about it. I hate doing it, but you know, you're there and, uh, yeah, it took a long time, but finally last night I got it done. So that was the bad part of the week. Oh wait, no. Yeah, there's more. Um, what, 
So let's see. Uh, well, I'll do a sandwich. So last weekend I did get out and fly. And it was everything that I ever could have wished for. Oh, my gosh. I flew and flew and flew by myself. No one there. No tuning. Now, when I say no tuning, Justin asked me this, too. He's like, so, you know, I was talking like I was making little tweaks. And he's like, wait a minute. You're actually, like, landing? No, no, no. I mean, these are flying at the point now where... I set them on the bench in the trailer, and when I'm swapping batteries, I just kind of automatically plug them into the computer. I'll reach up and make a couple point settings in a bank while I'm swapping packs. Go back out there, fly. If I remember to check it, then great. But I don't, you know, I never land and make setting changes, and I don't, like, I will just continue my flight and flip it halfway through the flight and see if I notice any difference. We're down to the last. I mean, I'd say the last like 3% here. But technically, that's still tuning. Yeah, it is. Except that I'm I saying was like, I would go two we, and three flights and completely forget because, dude, I was having a blast. Yeah, this guy was out there <laughs> working on reversals. Yeah, nice. reversing pyro flips uh, and actually stringing them together. I'm not saying they were particularly staying in the same county to the right, to the left, <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, I was stringing them together, just really working on a lot of maneuvers that I haven't in a while, trying to dig up some old ones and smooth out some stuff. And it was, I mean, dude, everything that I really needed in that day flying, even dusted off the blade, took it out for a couple of flights. Uh, I was talking to someone online and we were talking about that and I was like, you know, every time I feel like, Eh, it's just kind of, eh, to me now, eh, I don't know. I could keep it. I could get rid of it. I mean, whatever. I, I fly it, and then I remember how just awesome the cyclic is. And I also kind of forgot how well the Icon really flew, too. I've been so into this whole V-Bar thing. With the exception of the tail not being perfect, that, I mean, that heli flies really, really well. So put a couple flights in on that. I am loving the 14 degrees. It is just, it's where it's at. Jesse, you were, you were right, dude. That's where I've been. 14 Except is, you're, Well, you're still at 1970 on the head, though? Yes, that is correct. Okay. But but I guess your helis are a lot lighter, too. Oh, yeah. So it's probably pretty similar, I would think. I would think it's pretty close. I yeah. mean, the, uh, when, when, we, when you flew mine, the cyclic's getting really close. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've even actually been pushing the tail. Still not quite there. Yep. That one's just nice, slow increments. And yeah. you just, you know, you just kind of fly it for 10, 15 flights to get used to it, bump it up another point. Yeah. And pretty you soon you find you yourself five points make up. big jumps on the tail because it can no. make your whole <laughs> flying really uncomfortable. Nah, it was just awesome. It was so good to get out and fly. Um, I did find out. So I went to, what did I went to do? Oh, I went to pull the 4035 motor um, back out of the Raptor that Jesse flew. And remember that shutdown we had talked about? Well, Mm -hmm. it was not a shutdown. It was a borderline meltdown. A lot of you might have (laughs) seen, I I made a Facebook post. uh, Pretty pissed off (laughs) at at Contronic. My 13-flight old used Contronic uh, 
now gives me no sound, no beep. It's it's definitely not the motor because we've tried it in a bunch of different motors. I get the single blinking light of send me back in, you dumbass. <laughs> uh, I was pretty upset about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was pissed. And so what'd you do, uh, Nick? Spe- uh, so what I did is I calmed down. No, 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 no. <laughs> what, what'd you do initially? What do you mean? I happened to catch a Facebook post. Oh, on how and why? I don't. I don't know if you no, know. No, the it? first Facebook the first post is Facebook. the one you're referring to, yeah, Dan. Yeah, that's. The- <laughs> oh, where I just publicly <laughs> bash them. Yes. Like you denounced <laughs> everything that was Contronic, <laughs> shoving not just one but both feet squarely <laughs> and deeply into my mouth. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. There's no shame there. I know I did it. Oh, <laughs> I was I was pissed. So okay, but then he H- calmed down go. and he called his buddy Justin. Well, and so there was just some stuff, you know. And what stuck out was Justin had mentioned. Um, we we're talking about temperature, and, and you know, he was like, "I don't know, man. I just don't. I really don't feel like that would shut it down or shut it down." And well, okay. Here's the here's the the conclusion out of all of it. It looks to be that it was my fault. Pretty pretty blatantly actually. What happened was I got in a hurry. Okay? I just flat out got in a hurry. We were uh when I went to Othello, I took the big trailer instead of the small one. So I was getting some helis uh some stuff swapped out ready to go and trying to unpack my trailer to pack the big trailer and I completely forgot when I put the 4035 560 motor in there uh, I I did it on one heli but I didn't do it on the other I didn't drop the pinion so I was running a 13 tooth on a 560 kV motor now that's bad <laughs> that's way out of the gearing range Combine that with a Contronic, which actually is almost like opposite of Castle. You know, you've got standard in the middle. Castle, you almost need to run one pinion more. Contronic, you can almost get away with running one tooth count less. So when you combine it with the Contronic, and then uh, you're too lazy to calibrate the endpoints, which doesn't affect the way the ESC flies at all and I knew that it just will actually give you an accurate throttle percentage range you run into a situation where you are flying a heli at 1950 hard uh, that is geared for I don't know 2400 something like that (laughs) (laughs) hence it wanted to be a speed heli dude it wanted to be a speed heli yeah on a 90% throttle would have been 2560. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my, with, with 14 degrees of pitch, dude, I say you should have gone for it. Yeah. Well, it would have been happier. I actually think the Contronic would have liked it better. Uh, so I posted that up, let everyone know. And, and for the record, you know, people said, well, yeah, but you can run the Contronics lower because they're freewheeling. Yes, that is correct. Every all even all freewheeling speed controllers have a lower limit. I exceeded that lower limit. Thirty percent is usually 30, the number. Yeah, 
and I didn't. It didn't run any flags up in my mind because I knew that I hadn't calibrated the speed controller, and not having really a lot of uh, Contronic experience in general. You know, I got lazy. I use Mister Mel's head speed calculator ritually. I mean, it's uh, that's all that I use. It is extremely accurate. It's a great job. I never ran it through this because it was just eh, going up one. You know, basically one increment on the motor, I'll drop a pinion, it'll all be fine. That's close enough. Well, it, even if I would have dropped a pinion, I still kind of would have been pushing it. And when you didn't, that was just the straw that broke the camel's back. So I actually put it to a point where it over-amped, not over-tempt. And, and started, uh, Justin, can you give a, a quick explanation, quick, on what happens yeah, the really the theory right now that we're working on is that there was a commutation failure on the motor and it's it's there are a number of different situations that can occur that will cause this to happen. Um, if you completely saturate the motor magnetically, it can happen. If you've got loose magnets or issues with the magnets, it can happen. Or if the motor itself gets too far behind in equivalent timing from the pulses on the ESC, which can happen if you are under high load uh, at low pulse width modulations or low duty cycles, which is what Nick AKA was doing. AKA Nick. AKA yes. Nick. <laughs> and basically what happens is the ESC tries to catch up and it draws a significant amount of current. And I mean, you can, you can dig up uh, telemetry uh, of people who have done this before and you can shut down a cosmic 200 on a commutation error or failure at four or five, 600 amps through the motor. And so the, the cosmic <laughs> basically says, Oh shit, all hell is about to break loose. So it shuts itself down out of safety. And usually then what happens is it gives you the blink that says, I shut myself down. I'm not sure if I'm broken or not, but you should send me back to the factory so that they can check and then they can look at it and maybe there's nothing wrong. It just went into this fault mode and they just have to reset that fault mode and everything's okay. Or maybe, maybe you damaged something. It's hard yeah. to say. So, yay. Way to go, dummy. <laughs> so you're sending it back? We're going to try something first. I have a prog disc now. Uh, Thanks, Justin. Yep. <laughs> so it has a reset mode in it. We have no idea if it's going to work, and it might be damaged. Uh, the highest likelihood is that, yes, you are going to send it back. I mean, yeah. it, it, it will be going back. I uh, I got one of my scorpions out and mounted that back on the other E700 so I can have them both. Both going again, and uh, yeah, that was a. It was just a rough week. I mean, you combine you that get with lucky, a, dude. You might be able to reset yeah, it with the prog disc. I might, I might, and I hope so. That would be great. But guy, you know, see, there's, these there's, are the kinds of things that. Uh, this is why they put the fuses on the cosmics. Yeah, which I don't run, and a lot of people don't, but. So that when the when something like this happens, the fuse blows up and the cosmic doesn't do a whole crazy shutdown that you got to send it back to the factory for. 
We shall see, fingers crossed. If not, that was a very expensive mistake. Hmm. And that mm-hmm. was Well, hopefully the, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, hopefully it works out. That was my week. Good flying combined with uh, a couple mistakes and a really crappy situation. I, I have a question, though. If, yeah. let's say, you do have to send it back, one, are you going to send it back and pay to get it fixed since I you bought it used I would think it's probably going to cost something oh yeah and two are you so I guess if you send it back and I don't know maybe if they potentially can't fix it or whatnot are you going to buy another one if I send it back and they say okay this thing is shot you know if Mm -hmm. they say you're just SOL no I probably won't buy another one it has been might give you 20% off well, so it's, I've actually heard of a couple situations where they will give you like 50% off. Oh, wow. 50% would be tough to pass up because I would basically mm-hmm. be getting a new about what I paid for this. Yeah. So Well, but if it's uh, just a thing where they've got to open it and maybe replace one or two things though, Nick, you might be able to get off pretty easy with like, yeah. I don't know, like 80 or $100. And that's yeah, and not, that's I mean, a no-brainer. even if you I mean, decide at the end of the day you're not going to keep it, you still got now a brand new factory certified, well, not brand new, but repaired and factory yeah. certified ESC that you can sell to someone else with confidence. But I would continue to fly it. I mean, I really looked forward to flying this. And as mad as I was, I mean, in the end, it was my fault. And I... I would still like to fly it. Now, you know, if I got to completely eat the whole thing, I probably won't because I just, I mean, yeah. That's painful. Yeah, it's just too painful, especially when you're sitting here flying, you know, a combo that is 30% the cost with (laughs) phenomenal performance. It's like, uh, (laughs) (laughs) kind of a no-brainer. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to say that it's a no-brainer, but it it just makes it really hard to decide. So it'll be a good opportunity for me to uh, back-to-back the V-Bark of with uh, Scorpion ESC and with the Castle because as of right now, now I do have some settings in there that I think might make it work, but I was not able to with my kind of just half-ass attempt at, it, at trying to get it to work, get the auto-rotation bailout. To work in the V bar, mm-hmm. now everyone's like, "What? Mine works fine." Uh, Castle, I don't want it to idle. I don't do idling bailouts. No, 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 no. I no, still no. don't know why they do that. I don't know. I think they're just they're a, a fire waiting to happen, <laughs> as we've seen. But um, so I, I think that I do have it figured out now how to make it work. I will know this weekend. And then, yeah, get that flown back-to-back with the other one with the Scorpion and then kind of just make a decision. I mean, I've I've used the Scorpions in external gov mode on numerous fly barless systems, Skookum and uh, Icon, and they work. they work great. So we will see. But I do dig the logging on the castle, really dig the logging. Yeah. So, yeah, Sweet. that's the plan. Keep flying, start simming. And just practice. I'm practicing. Practice, 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 practice. First time I've flown in a while that I puckered up a little bit. It's a nice feeling, isn't it? 
on purpose. Like, okay, here we go. <laughs> and then done it on purpose. Yeah, I forgot, like, you know, usually I, when I crash, I crash so fast that it's just like there's no time to freak out, you know? You dumb thumb it and you're down low and thunk. Ah, oh, crap. But when you, when you, it kind of made me feel new again. You know what I mean? I know exactly. When you get, get those butterflies a little bit, oh, it's yeah. like, okay, here we go. <laughs> Especially with pirouetting <laughs> maneuvers. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Oh, <laughs> they just go bad so fast. <laughs> We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Yeah. Uh, we're going to do it next time. We're going to do it the next round. Next time. Next, next flight. No. Next flight. Next flight. Timer. I don't do that. That was the first beep. I, that was the first beep. I, I do not do that. I Because I feel like if you do that once, then you open up a whole window for like. I do that shit all the time, man. Really? Oh, I know. Oh, okay. If I say, okay, let's do it. You mean you it. push it to the point where you're going to have a pucker moment? Dan? Me? No, no. Oh. It's like. Uh, no, like, he's saying he, he pushes a maneuver off till the next flight. Not, not till, even till not, he tries not it. so much the next flight. It's like. Uh, I'll have, let's say in a circuit, I'll have a point in the circuit where if I'm trying something new that I feel this is the best place to enter this new, this new thing I'm trying. Yep. So I'll set up for it and I'll get to that point and I'm like, here we go. Here we go. Uh, next one. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, next one. Whole pack oh, of circles. I see what you mean. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, I do that all the time. Eventually I do it. I mean- but yeah, I have a tendency to do that. Six, months, the, six months later, yeah, you get that pulled are out off, there man. clapping. Ooh, great flight! As he's just flying around in circles. Yeah, <laughs> dude, all you have to do, and we all know this, it's a favorite thing. All you have to do is make blade farts, and the plane. Oh yeah, just, <laughs> it just, it just, they're like, oh, oh my, I can't. How does that, that thing stay together? How many times have you been in a planker field? And had them ask you that. I just don't understand. I don't yeah. understand how that thing can even stay together. Blade farts are directly related to planker heart. That's because you fly freaking <laughs> yeah. pieces of wood. Of course, you don't understand how it's going to stay together. Yeah. <laughs> There's a causal correlation between heart palpitations and blade farts. <laughs> In blade farts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then you just hear, (laughs) maybe we should start giving them like a five minute, say, look, take your medicine now because there's going to be blade parts commencing and I don't want to have to do CPR because I'll be flying. You got, you got like the field or the tables out at the field, you know, you got like little insulin Pez dispensers all down the side. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Oh, (laughs) that's messed up. Or you have a little, or you have a little, just kidding. You know, like you see, uh, sets or like on a movie when they, they press the applause button and the big red light flashes, you know, when it's time for everyone to go, say like a little foot switch. That says, get ready. <laughs> Cook and just hit it right before you do it so they all so they can be prepared for it. <laughs> uh, that sounds like a, uh, well, I don't want to say a fun week, Nick, but then you also, uh, you went, uh, had a little magnetic resonant imaging done today, didn't you? Yes, I did get this damn shoulder fixed. Uh, I know I haven't mentioned much about it because it's not like outside of work. It's it's not the end of the world, but yeah, I have a rotator cuff problem that keeps me from keep getting my elbow pretty much above shoulder height. It's been ongoing. 
well, from work. I'm glad so it's time. I'm glad you're getting it fixed because someone has to lift those 215 PV mains that we're going to be getting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you need to be able to. You need to, you need that mobility. You need that. Movement. Well, I'm kind of. You know, I'm kind of hoping. Uh, I'm kind of hoping for a couple days off. Like, I really wouldn't mind a couple days off where I couldn't because, dude, I, I'll just sit and sim for like days. The theory is that if I, I'll come out like Zabo, the know, theory after a couple days, theory, <laughs> just roll with it. Theory, yeah. Wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. Wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. Wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. Hi, I'm Justin Pucci, and despite what you may think, I'm not here to talk to you about wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube men. What I am here to tell you is that the guys over at Rotary Wing RC are stocking up on all forms of heli goodness and passing the savings on to you. Need a fly barless system? Joe and Kyle have Bavarian Demon, Skookum, and Icon. Looking for a heli? What about Gowie or one of those Garbins? Servos? Look no further for BK Servos and MKS. And who could forget the German amazingness that is Contronic? I sure can't because I just bought three of them. So head on over to www.rotarywingrc.com and get yourself loaded up with awesome today. I'll go, I'll go next because hopefully... You guys will you, you guys will say you got some flying in because this week you better rip me off a piece of the uh, the no, no fly, fly card. No fly. Oh. No fly. Oh, you guys don't that that stings. It's like I'm flying or nothing. No, nothing. That's Nick again. <laughs> With a really a, creepy kind of a UK it's not accent. A little bit of... St- it just can't be on command. You just got to let it happen. Yeah. Then it, you know, then he comes up with them. It feels like it's it's beginning as Scottish, and then it just goes crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, then by the end, no no one knows what's going yeah, on. I'm sure it's offending somebody, though. <laughs> if you're offended, <laughs> please send an email to Nick at rchellynation.com. Yeah. Let, let him know yeah, that you're just If you are off. offended, please let me know. So I can figure out what accent it is. There we go. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Who am I mocking? Because you nailed it. <laughs> yeah, so no uh, no flying for me in the last seven days. Had some family come into town last weekend, which they've been doing a lot lately this semester since my brother's now seeing the field a little bit on the for WSU on the football field. So they've been making a lot of trips over. So they came over last weekend. As well, stayed at my place, did the whole hosting again, blah, blah, blah. You know how that goes. So did not get out to the field. However, on Monday, um, the parts for the 7HV did show up. Um, so that was, I was waiting on some blades and a one-way hub coming from ProStar. Um, so that stuff showed up Monday and then got a chance to wrench on the 7HV a little bit. So got all those parts back installed, went back through, just double-checked the setup um, you know, just to make sure everything was fine. All the servos are still centered, swash plate level, zero degrees of pitch, so on and so forth, uh, which everything was good to go. So as it sits right now, the 7HV is finally back together from, that was since the Othello fun fly um, two weekends ago. And so that is good to go for this weekend for the next time I get out to the field. Now, in addition to that, I 
did, however, sim a little bit this week. So I didn't get in any real flying, but I did pick up the simulator. I figured I, I at least had to fly a heli in one form or another. And I got to say, holy smokes, I have not touched the sim in a long time. <laughs> you know, it's that it's that very... I, don't, I feel like when, you, when you're flying the sim a lot and you're flying the helicopter in real life a lot, you just get this very solid connection between the sim and how that helicopter flies and your real helicopter and how that translates over. But when you don't fly the sim for you know months and then you go back and pick that up, it is quite a disconnected um, feeling. Just you know, getting that different transmitter in your hand again, going back and you know you're now flying, staring at a computer screen. So I went back and I was flying the Granny Mod Goblin and the Blade 700X, which uh, were the kind of my go-to helis on the sim and they're still tuned up i didn't really go through and you know retune the helicopters or anything like that because it's kind of one of those things where i don't know i guess the best way to describe it is like at a fun you know when you're at a fun fly and you wake up and you and you start flying at like eight o'clock in the morning and you go out and you do that very first flight of the day and you're like holy smokes this does not even feel like my helicopter and right off yeah. the bat you want to start making changes to your fly bar system but let me tell you, the best thing you can do is to not make any changes just to your fly barless system. Exactly, because it's just you. You're just getting, you know, you're just waking up. You're just getting going for the day. So I kind of took that approach as well. And after, you know, 30-minute session, it was starting to come back a little bit. Um, the helis were definitely feeling a little bit more lifelike. Um, and so that was nice. Hopefully, I can kind of keep the trend going, try to get back to that 30 minutes every single night. And... uh because honestly, that's the only way, at least for me, that's the only way that I can really progress and learn those new maneuvers. Because some of the stuff, you know, you're trying to think about learning it and you really don't even know, I guess, where to start on the sticks or just how to approach it, how to enter the maneuver, what's going to be your you know, safety exit in case it goes wrong. Um, so all that type of stuff, the sim's just, you know, invaluable for me. So for me to progress, this has to happen one way or another, so hopefully start integrating the sim back into my everyday life now one other thing and i'm hoping you guys can come up with something or start a discussion or maybe a listener can shoot me an email i know this this topic i think we've talked about it before but one thing i'm struggling with is recently i got a canopy for my truck now for the past two and a half years i've just had a toolbox in there so the back's been completely open all i did was like lay down a rubber mat and kind of throw all my stuff in the back had a you know nice spots for the generator the charging case the box my transmitter goes in all the helis and that type of stuff but now i'm finding with the canopy and having no box i, f I seem to find myself just throwing all you know just randomly stacking all my stuff in there and it's a huge pain to, you know, climb all the way up to the front, being 6'4", and getting up in a small truck with a canopy on it, and trying to, you know, place all my stuff in the back of a canopy. I can just, I cannot figure out a way to, I guess, efficiently or effectively place all my stuff back there to where it doesn't make packing my truck to go to the field just absolutely suck. And then suck when I get to the field as well. Roll out, man. And Nick, buying a buying a trailer is not a solution. Roll out, bed. <laughs> Roll out, bed. Oh, does those exist? One? Yeah. Oh yeah. Dude, so dude, it's literally have you guys not like seen a Doug Darby's. 
No, I don't think I have that, seen his. Yeah, Dude, Doug has pictures. like the the Bugatti of of slide out truck beds. That thing is awesome. Now I don't. In your situation, Jesse, not having a full size, I don't know if I would quite want to invest that much, dude. Because, dude, what, Jesse? You can totally if you can go to a junkyard or someplace. If you know anybody who does salvaging, uh, mm-hmm. you can make your own using the rollers from a garage door. Oh, true. nice! That's a good idea. I have a buddy who made one. The only problem is those those slide out roll out beds, dude. Those are solid. You can put like two thousand pounds, whatever. You know, mm-hmm. all he did. How much does it cost though? If you wanted to buy a new one, they're pretty damn expensive. I want to yeah. say what Nick six yeah, six hundred so. bucks. Oh, I would say at least. I think I would say more than that. Well, what he what my buddy did is he made one and he just he custom he it sized customly to his the bed of his truck and his little truck like yours, mm-hmm. and. And to accommodate the weight, all he he just literally made two fold out legs that when he pulls it out, the legs will just fold out underneath and supports the weight. Okay. And it actually is it only it only lifts it, like two and a half or three inches off the bed of off the bed of his truck, so it doesn't take up a it's mm-hmm. not, and it's it slides out like. So you can still feet. pack all your you know when you need to use it as a truck, yep. you can still fit stuff in there because yep. it's not super tall. Right. Is it is it like a did he just make it out of plywood or what? Yeah, he just used the rollers and then mm-hmm. measured it all out. And the guides, uh, not sure how he attached them to the bed of his truck. I imagine drilled holes, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh yeah, yeah. And then he just he just measured it all out onto a piece of plywood, cut the plywood to size, and uh, put a roller in the middle, a roller on each side, and it works slick. Yeah, the and that would be awesome too. Because they're from like six to fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah. Jeez. I, su- I suppose yeah, it all depends price. on how much yeah. I have a, weight you want to put on them, how heavy a gauge you want to get. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. So I do have a, a plan B, which I've seen a lot of guys do. Uh, mm-hmm. This might get maybe tricky, but they actually build, they will put, a, you know, a, basically like a piece of plywood up right about where the bed level is, mm-hmm. the top of the bed rails. Mm-hmm. All the way down, and then you use like the random heli skid clamps, and all the helis go on the top facing the back. Your generator mm-hmm. and everything else goes on the bottom so that you don't need to slide it exactly. all the way to the front of the truck. Yep. And yeah, you can use because- like, um, you can use like some channel, uh, just some angle, like either angle iron or even angle aluminum, and bolt that yep. right to the inside of your bed rails. And yep. then cut your sheet of plywood to where it just it literally slides right in there and get some fairly thick plywood, three quarter inch, something like oh, that. Yeah. Maybe one support in the middle. But then if you need to use the truck, you can just slide it all the way out and put it off to the side in the garage or whatever. It doesn't completely render. Or just it. slide it in the truck in the in the middle on the just throw it in the back flat. Yeah, yeah. Slide it out and then slide it back down on the bottom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that would work. Now That's the, what I've the seen thing. the most. Well, that makes sense because the helis are definitely the most awkward thing to try and put in the back of your truck and then, you know, secure them down as well. So, that, yeah, the random heli skid clamps would work perfect. Yes, they would. Yeah. The thing I like about the the rolling bed, though, is you could actually make like you could kind of make compartments in it because it's just plywood. You could do whatever you know, you could do whatever you want to it. Just start 
nailing stuff well, down, screwing stuff ooh. down, and you could make like you know where everything's not going to slide around on you. Have like one side dedicated to the helis, and the other side put up a couple dividers so your you know your toolbox doesn't slide around. Yeah, that's fair. Make a little I need charging a damn station truck. There. Make <laughs> a little charging station me. in there, dude. A little built in. Hell yeah. Yeah, but you still actually like use yours as a truck well, hauling crap it's back just, and forth and Yeah, getting back and forth from school, which I you know, for that from for those regards, I absolutely love the canopy because I was like packing my truck to come back to school going I you know, usually I'm barely fitting everything in and then it's a tarp and a net to kind of tie it all together and <laughs> loosely hold it in there. But with the canopy, you know, you can stack stuff so much higher that I literally had room left over at the end so i don't know dude when you were at snowhomish with me packing up to leave that thing was really packed yeah at snowhomish oh yeah yeah. but there was still every single night though i put my helis in the back side by side um i guess width wise so the the width of the bed and just stacked all there was still 18 inches at the back yeah, that's true. That was nothing. That's true. Where usually it's just solid. Hmm. So yes, it was packed, but it you know it it still gives me more space. So I do like the canopy, but I found it's a huge pain for your average weekend trip out to the field. I like the layered thing. I do too. Actually, feel like you could yeah. get it up high enough. You know what? You could, dude. You could damn near it, do it, it, both. It would have to be, well, the layered thing, it would have to be up a little bit because the height of the generator is the exact height of the bed rails. Oh, like dead even straight across? Yeah, so I think it would have to be elevated, you know, like use a little bracket and get it up just a well, two, three, the, two inches. Flip the aluminum angle iron upside down, yeah, slide the plywood yeah. on top of it, and then just throw a couple, you know, like a couple bolts in the back with a couple wing nuts to secure it. Yep. Yeah. Make it all, yeah, just a quick bolt in so you don't have to yeah, get the tools Yeah, then you could even anything. throw a little, like, indoor-outdoor carpet on the top if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that'd be kind of a nice, actually, if you're just popping the tailgate down. Once you got the helis out, I mean, you could leave them up there. You could leave them slid up there, put batteries how up How wide there. of a piece of plywood would you do? Just a foot, two, 18 inches? What? Oh, I see what you're saying. Um, or what are you saying? No, I was like thinking, like a full layer. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Because then you could throw stuff. I mean, if you needed to, way up there in the front, you know. So you're saying a piece of plywood the size of the bed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Hmm. So yeah, something has to be done though. I will be doing something. Although, Those are good ideas though. Ooh. Oh. Ooh. ooh. Okay. <laughs> Although. If you were to actually have that in like a channel, right? And the channel went the full length of the truck bed. Mm-hmm. And that, let's say that piece was three feet long. You know, mm-hmm. so you, you relied on the random heli skid clamps, right? To hold them down. Yeah. But then once you got the helis off, if you needed to get something out of the back, you could push it all the way up to the front of the truck. Like slide it with your hand all the way up. Oh, get what true. you needed out of the back, slide it back forward, and then just have some little, you know, pins that you drop down to hold it in place. Yeah, so it doesn't slide around when you're driving. Ooh, I like that. That'd be sweet. Off to the hardware store. <laughs> <laughs> so is that your week, dude? 
wrapped up. Yeah, that that was it. That was my week. So, Justin, what a week! Did you buy a jetty this week, Justin? I did not buy a jetty. It's funny though when did we you were buy re- cosmic. Nope, no cosmics. I did, did you buy I a don't actually. I didn't buy anything this I week. I don't believe that. What? I, I sold a that. bunch of crap. Holy I continue smokes. to sell stuff. My heli money fund is just like skyrocketing. It's amazing. I love it. <laughs> Sky- that is his biggest load of crap. It is. <laughs> sounds like why is that a load like of crap? I'm only eight k in the hole now. <laughs> yeah. No, see, okay. Let's let's. I'm going to take some time here to clarify this let's bullshit. Do it. Oh, come on. Let's now. do it. <laughs> the the way okay so here's the deal the way i work on this and you can ask nick because we have these conversations all the time i hate taking money out of my own personal account right like our family bank account that does not work for me now you're gonna say well how the hell did you get the hellies in the first place yeah granted but over the years i've amassed an accumulation of hardware that sometimes I use and sometimes I don't. So nowadays at any given time, I've got a whole load of like liquidatable uh, stuff that I can sell. And so I keep a PayPal account with my fun money, with my heli money in it. And whenever I want to buy something, that's what I use. And so I basically just sell a bunch of crap and that balance goes up and then I go buy something and it goes down and I sell a little bit more and, you know, back and forth like that. that must That's be that. what so, I've been using so, to buy all so of just, this that must stuff. Be that can, new math can you talking about that new math? Yeah. Can you 100% honestly say, give me your word that you have not spent a dollar more than the income you've received from selling stuff? I'd a have dollar. to, Not honestly, even. I couldn't tell you that I'd have to check. I, I'd have to go back and look, but I have been, I've been good about not making purchases <laughs> until I've got that money in the fun account. So, so like, then you I should still be able to give me your word. I still haven't bought uh, a motor for the Diablo speed. I've got the money well, in there to do it. Diablo speed. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. the, that's not yeah but who cares i had the money in there to buy the diablo speed his garage was really full i'll give him you guys don't understand man you don't know how much crap he had (laughs) literally in the last month i'm gonna be honest i will and i can go back and check my paypal because i always do it through paypal i'm gonna estimate that i've sold somewhere in the range of three to four thousand dollars worth of stuff Okay. Well, there's two of so, your Hintronics. Yeah, there's <laughs> yeah. there's the ESCs. No, that's not the ESCs. <laughs> Come on, you got to play along with us. Yeah. It's it's not that big of a deal. It's all relative. <laughs> it is. It is. It, it, it really is. And you know what? Yeah. It doesn't matter anyway. Why doesn't it matter, It just Dan? doesn't matter. It's your business. No, it that's a well <laughs> it's not my business anymore apparently it's everyone's <laughs> business because it's such a hot topic <laughs> my son will still go, still go to college i promise but it is fun to joke around about so no i didn't buy anything but you 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 started that dan with did you go ahead and buy a jetty literally as we were recording last week 
Nick sends me a text and it's like, OMG with like eight exclamation points. And he sends me this link. And so I click the link and about 30 minutes earlier, a dude had posted <laughs> a light <laughs> new Jetty DC 16. While we were recording, while we were recording and talking <laughs> about this crazy, right? And, and I had said last week, well, no, I'm not in a hurry to get the Jetty unless a really good deal comes up kind of like the Diablo speed. Then I might pull the trigger out of nowhere. So this pops up and I send the guy a message. I, I didn't hear back from him until Saturday morning. So like probably eight or 10 hours later. And then he basically just gave me some information on it and said, well, I think it might be sold. Ah. Okay. It, it might be sold. Great. And I said, well, keep me posted. You know, I might be interested in it. He never responds back to me, but he posts to the for sale thread saying sold pending payment. And then I've never heard from him since. And he didn't close the thread mm. and he didn't update it to say officially sold. So I'm assuming Ooh. it's gone. Douchebaggery move. I agree with you yeah. on that. I hate that. Yeah, it it's a it it's a Heli Freak thread and Unfortunately, Helifreak doesn't have the option that Runwriter does on their for sale threads yeah, to go in and awesome. edit the post, right? And click pending or sold so that when you do that, that thread then gets moved to another category. It's still in the forums, but you got to click sold under the category that you're looking for. Yep. So the Helifreak stuff can sit up there for months and you don't know what the hell happened to it. So long story short, I didn't get a new jetty. I'm still on the lookout, still doing some research on that. I have not picked up a motor yet for the for the Diablo speed or for the Goblin speed for that matter. That's been something that I've been doing. I've been doing some math this week because everyone keeps pushing to get the Pyro 850 because that's like the, you know, the chili dog as as Nick calls it, the Contronic Pyro. And I'm not convinced, quite frankly, that that motor is worth the money uh, because of the size. It's a it's basically what amounts to a 50, 25, 50 millimeter by 25 millimeter stator compared to like a standard 45, 35. So I busted out some of my my old uh, brushless DC motor design math and basically convinced myself that at least on paper. A 4535 and a Pyro 850 are almost exactly equivalent in terms of capability for performance. It doesn't mean that, you know, a Scorpion or an X Nova versus the Contronic in terms of how it's designed is going to represent that, that math, but it, it certainly validated my suspicion that the 850 is, uh, it's not going to be a monster compared to the other two motors. So that will help drive my decision, but I haven't made it yet. I did get flying in not last weekend, which is kind of funny because it goes along the lines of what you were just talking about, Jesse, which, you know, you hate packing up the truck, right? Mm -hmm. And you and I actually talked about this over the phone yeah. a little bit. So last weekend, great weather, it's still this sort of summer in in autumn thing, which is really weird for our area. And Sunday rolls around. I hadn't gone out on Saturday because we did some family stuff and, you know, just busy running errands and and playing with Charlie. And so he goes down for a nap on Sunday. 
and it's still beautiful weather. And I'm like, okay, I'm going flying. I start to think about it. And I'm like, yeah, but I got to pack up the car and then I got to drive there. And then when I get there, I got to unpack the car. And then I, I, you know, I kind of have to get set up and go and do the flying thing and hang out with people. And it's just a whole thing. And I'm not feeling it. And so I decided I wasn't going to go. Perfectly good weather. <laughs> had the opportunity. Didn't go. And it, it comes back to having that convenient way to get out to the field. And Nick's trailer. Trailer. Yeah. It really is. It, it's It's got <laughs> to have been transformational to the way that you fly, Nick. Oh, yeah. Because if I had the ability to literally just say, hey back the car up to the trailer, pop it on the hitch and go. And that's it, right? Two minutes. And, and let's be clear. We're not talking about something crazy here. It takes me 10 minutes to, to load the car. It's no big deal, right? <laughs> 10 minutes. I didn't go flying because I didn't want to spend 10 minutes loading the car, but it just feels like an affair sometimes. And I, I, you know, I didn't go. And the next day I didn't feel bad about not going. As the week went on, I did because it was raining all week uh, or on and off at least. But I did get out today on my day off. Uh, <laughs> funny thing about that. I got out today. I, I woke up early this morning and it was cloudy and windy. And I'm thinking the weather's going to do what it did yesterday, which is blow off about, you know, burn off about noontime, one o'clock. So I'll stay home. I'll wrench a little bit. And around noon or one, when the sun comes out, I'll go fly. Noon comes around. Nothing's burned off. It's windy as hell. There are grayish black clouds. And I decide, screw it. I got to go because I'm not going to not fly on my day off. Head out there. Actually surprised to find that there were three or four people there, which was cool. Didn't mind hanging out with, with my buddies. But I got one flight in on the TDR and then it started raining. So Northwest. Damn it. Yeah. Damn it. After you sat there all morning, after I sat there all morning and it's now at the, it's official. It is the time of year around here that if it's not raining and I don't have anything to do, then I need to get out to the field. Because there's no more of this crap where it's like, I'll let the weather improve a little bit because it's not going to happen. I think I think we're officially in winter here. <sighs> so I got my one flight in. It was a good flight, but it was only one. At least I don't have to take a no fly card. I ended up getting this weird coming down from the flight. The motor was acting funny. It was it was spinning in in the opposite direction of the drive to spin the head. When you spin it that direction, it it felt very rough and chunky, like there was something in there, like gummed up or kind of like when you have the motor uh, out on the bench and you you uh, hold the the three leads together and try to spin it. <laughs> you know how it resists that motion because you're running current through the phases in opposite directions. So I ended up pulling the motor apart at the field. Couldn't figure out what the hell it was. It's not the heli. It was a, it was a motor thing. 
And then when I put the motor back together, it was spinning smoothly. So I don't know what that's all about. Didn't get to try it again, though, because it started raining. So that'll be a, a weekend project. That's kind of All I want to hear is about how fast that speed is. Well, I can't tell you until I get myself a jetty with some GPS telemetry. And I am slowly working on getting the Diablo speed built. It's got everything I need except the motor. So you've pretty much decided that you're getting a jetty. You just. Oh, the, yeah, I'm getting it's going to be a jetty. I'm getting a jetty. Okay. Yeah, we're done. I've made that decision. I just need to find one. <laughs> okay. It's it just depends on whether a good deal comes up used or if I actually pull the trigger on a new thing. Funny yeah. thing is. Of all the stuff I've bought in this hobby over the years, I have never owned a brand new transmitter. All of my transmitters have always really? been used. Yep. And that's funny because hmm. uh, who's, I was talking to one of our buddies about trans. Oh, about a V control radio. And he was like, yeah, you know, you might be able to find one. Keep your eyes out. But I radios are the one thing I never buy used. Yeah, I I don't know. All the radios I've ever owned, all the Spectrums, the Futaba, they've all been used off the forums. Huh. And they've been perfectly fine. I've had both used and new. Never had problems with any either. Have you had problems with used radios, Nick? Um, Or is that just like a personal thing where it's like it's not worth the risk? Uh, yeah, but the the two that I had problems with, well, no, one was new, one was used, but they were DX8, so it doesn't matter if they're new or yeah. used. You're just gonna have problems with them anyway. Same thing here. Just when you thought that the guys at Soco Heli Tools had pushed setup methodology to the absolute state of the art, they come out with yet another innovation. In combination with their Soko Helical, which fits all sizes and all brands of helis, they've recently announced the Soko Heli Tools mobile app. This app greatly simplifies your setup by completely eliminating the need for a level working surface or main shaft. Available in stores soon for Android and Apple devices, this new mobile software will do everything that your original Soko kit did but with the added benefit of all measurements, calculations, and directions in one easy-to-use app. When you're ready to kick it up a notch with your heli setup, visit the SoCo team at www.soco-heli-tools.com and check it out. SoCo Heli Tools, next generation setup. Dan, Dan, what what did you do this week? No fly. Oh, yeah. So we can we can share the card. Can share, we the, can card. share the card. Nick and Justin you, fly, sorta. You know, some, enough. I guess something but. occurred to me. Um, the the wrist witch is back. The wrist bitch. Uh oh. And I'm and I was thinking about it actually just a few seconds ago when some one of you two were rambling on. I don't remember. Who was <laughs> rambling on? Listen to him. <laughs> Wasn't it about this time last year? Yeah, it, it was. I, and you know, the seasons change. I don't know. Maybe that's got something to do with it. But anyway, uh, right wrist this time, not left. So it, uh, and it's just, ah, you switched. 
I don't know, guys. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't, so, you know, that sucks. That's just all there is to it. it. It's not as bad this time yet, but it has its moments. So that's kept me from flying on top of that. I've been pretty busy with work, but, uh, so the thing that sucks about that is Jesse, you were talking about, um, the sim. I, mm-hmm. I, I did look at my sim. I had looked in my computer and saw that I still had the folder, uh, for the sim in my computer. <laughs> uh, so it's real flight still, it's installed. still there. I, I just, uh, haven't fired it up, uh, plan to, um, but, you know, the rush, I haven't been able to repair it yet because I'm having issues with uh, <laughs> that whole damn wrist thing. So, we'll see. Uh, I have been to the doctor twice this week to see if we can't get something sorted out uh, a little quicker than last year. Um, last year, it was a shit three and a half month uh, ordeal. But uh, Are you going to have to start twisting your knob again? Uh, you mean start or stop? <laughs> oh, that's awkward. Oh, okay. That took a turn. I'm wondering, uh, does that correlate with the weather, Dan? And if so, then maybe you do have an issue. You know, I don't know, man. I, it, I really, it, it, it I don't know. I God's mean, country. So that's what his work is. <laughs> he twists his knob all day long. So no, I don't. I don't. I really don't have an answer. Uh, you know, like I said, we we are on some. Uh, we did a medication change to try to preemptively get rid of this before it gets too bad, and it seems to be helping. So I I got, I got, uh, I got that going for me, which is nice. <laughs> it's not really heli related, but but a couple cool things happened this week. Um, first, I want to say to the numerous listeners that got in touch with me. I don't know if you guys got any emails, but we were talking about uh, the UAV thing last week and uh, the government. And we asked if, you know, people from other countries could get in touch with us and kind of go over some, uh, some of what, you know, what they're dealing with. And um, man, I had emails from all over the world uh, telling me, you know, issues that they're having. And I gotta be honest, I get the impression just reading through the emails that everybody's pretty much dealing with the same shit to a lesser extent. Uh, You know, there are rules and regulations in other countries, but nonetheless, they're still dealing with knuckleheads that do silly shit that, that uh, puts a bad light on the whole thing. And I had some conversations with some guys here in the States um, that had invested large amounts of money in uh, AP rigs, but now they're too afraid to do anything with them because they don't want to get them confiscated. They don't want to get a $10,000 fine, uh, so on and so forth. So it's kind of a a sticky situation. So first of all, thank you to those guys. And I want to let you guys know too, I'm actually kind of look, I'm going to look together, Justin and I, I don't know. And of course, Jesse and and Nick, you're absolutely more than welcome to join us, but we're going to do a kind of an extra special episode. If I can get the people that I want to come onto this. I want to have a representative from the FAA, maybe even the AMA, and then some operators that are dealing with these issues and just have a discussion and find out where everybody's coming from, you know, 
what, what's the uh, the FAA stance and let some people in the, in the hobby that are dealing with these issues have a discussion with somebody from the FAA so everybody kind of understands what every, where everyone's going. I, you know, like I said, I sent off some emails to the FAA. Don't know how receptive they're going to be. I have a feeling they're not going to be receptive um, because no one likes to be put in the spotlight like that. You know, they don't want to be, they don't, they don't want to be ambushed, I guess is the best way to put it. Which is too uh, bad because I, I mean, I think we could have a really good, absolutely constructive interchange. What I've been doing this week is I've been uh, kind of putting that show together questions that would be asked so I can send that information along uh, so these guys understand that this is just going to be a discussion. It's not, it's no one's there to be put uh, their feet to the fire, so to speak. Just, just to see, just to kind of get, a, I better not show up then. <laughs> well, <laughs> I would suspect there will be some, if it happens, I would, there will be some, uh, pretty intense, uh, questions and debate. We'll see. So I'll let you guys, I'll keep you guys informed with how that progresses. I mean, um, I, I kind of have a feeling that the AMA will probably decline. Uh, I did send an email to them as well. Haven't heard back from e- either of them. Um, mm, weird. And I think, I don't, I don't think the AMA particularly cares for RCLE nation. If you want to know the, the damn truth of it, but, uh, that's just my <laughs> opinion. I don't know for sure, but, and another thing that, that happened this week that was really kind of cool and it has to do with my job. And I got to tell you, uh, you know, there's something about, um, let's say you go to work or you go to fly and you realize that you need a part, but you don't have that part and you get on your computer and you draw a part up and you slap it into a machine and about 30 minutes later, that part comes to life and you can attach it to your, to your flying machine and continue flying that if you've never experienced it is a really cool feeling. Heck yeah, man. That is just intense. Uh, had a lot of fun with that this week. So, you know, I can't, uh, I've got a little, I've got some shop helpers there to kind of help me do that. So I, I, I was trying to see if I could get them to work on my helicopter, but, uh, I didn't think that the powers that be would appreciate that a whole lot. (laughs) 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 So real special project, Real special project. Yeah. We're going to, this is something, this is, uh, this is, um, just an idea we're working on. Yeah. I need you to fix, (laughs) fix this rush for me. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I mean, uh, risk aside, it was a pretty good week. I mean, uh, it's starting to get back to a semblance of normalcy as far as hours are concerned. So that's kind of nice. Um, another bit of good news, uh, is I finally got all the shirts and shit sent to Nick or to, uh, Ken. Awesome. Nice. So those of you who have inquired, uh, about shirts, you can now directly send those inquiries to Ken at rcalienation.com. He, by the end of the hats. weekend, hats as well. All, anything, anything store related, citizen cards, hats, stuff you want to see, stuff you would like, um, 
doesn't necessarily mean we're going to be able to get it. But now we have one person solely focusing on all that stuff. Yeah, it's going to be way better. The only, yeah. I think the only downfall we might run into for a while, uh, the custom hat situation yeah. with the citizen number on there. That's going to be a little sticky. It is extremely time consuming uh, and you have to have a good place locally because Ken's doing this. It, you're going to see, you're not going to see it on the website for a while. We're going to pull that option out um, and you won't be able to get them custom. We are going to have, you know, the same, uh, the same, the, the normal hats and everything for sale. But, if he can figure out how to make it work, we'll put it back in. That's about the only downfall. The upside is that you have a guy that actually remembers everything and <laughs> is really, really on it, whereas none of us are. And so, um, you know, when you place your order, uh, we're actually going to go through the inventory on everything, make the inventory up to date. It's just going to be a way better experience, and we're probably going to end up with a lot more products in the end. Uh, it's going to be a good deal. Yeah. I think you guys will really like it. So if you've put an order in recently um, just and you've not heard anything or you didn't get anything, whether it's a hat or a shirt, just send Ken an email. Um, and he's going to be on top of that. I would, I would suspect by the end of the weekend, it's going to be sorted. I mean, it's, yeah. it's going to be rolling and ready, ready yep. to go. He's going to have it all under control. He's going to know what he needs to order. He's going to know exactly what he's got and uh, uh, all that good stuff. So, Ken, thank you so much for taking that monumental task off of our shoulders, allowing us to focus on the show, which is awesome. Um, yeah. We didn't do numbers. Numbers? 310. Yeah, I'm still at uh, 435, was it? I'm still at whatever I was at. 497. Three, 497, yeah. 508. Oh. Nick is pulled ahead. Jesse, what do you got to say for yourself? Yeah. Oh, it's not the first time. Huh. I say I didn't get out to fly. <laughs> How many so did you say you possibly... were going to get done this year, Nick? 700 or 800? I said 800. 800. Which is going to be really tough. Yeah. Really, really. You're yeah, especially with the weather of the way there. 62%. Yeah. And we have the worst months ahead. And Dan, yeah. you said 800 as well? I don't remember. Probably. See, my only saving grace. Yeah, see, by percentage to goal, Nick is first, I'm second, Dan's third, and Jesse's last. I don't. Yeah, I'm at 50. I don't like yep. that. I don't like looking at it like that. <laughs> well, that's okay. <laughs> but I'm going to continue to look at it that I think way. That, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know, we kind of take into account just, all our New Year's re resolutions. I don't know who's who's going to hit the most of theirs because that, we were just throwing numbers out at the beginning of the year. Um, Same with all our other resolutions. There, I've failed on the, the selling ones. Justin has Yeah, but failed. I'm not. I mean, we're going to count that against you. Heli. We're going to count that against you, Nick, but no one ever thought that you were going to make it. Oh, no, I know. That's okay. <laughs> uh, Justin's failed one. I failed the fuel helis one. Ah, well, now yeah. we'll still see. I, it's, it's, not be, over eh, yet. it's not over yet, but I think I'm going to fail it. So yeah. that's okay. 
He's he's calling it. He's calling it. He's he's conceding. <laughs> God, see that Opting sucks. Uh, yeah, I should have worded mine a little different because I've had the same couple helis, and I've had these three for for quite some time, and I don't foresee getting rid of them for the whole rest of the year. So I should have done a like an at least a six month out of the year stipulation. <laughs> well, we so that's New Year's <laughs> resolutions, but that's different than the predictions. Because if you recall, I predicted that you would have the blade at the end of the year. Oh, yeah. That's right. So mm. we'll see. Well, we will see. I, can you guys believe how quickly this year has just come and dang near it's gone? It's ridiculous, man. Dude. Yeah, it's yeah you know, that, as far as flying goes, that's might actually be like my saving grace because up until... Well, Othello, I think, was the last weekend. It, it just seems like this summer has been go, 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 nonstop, nonstop. So it it actually put a dent in my flying. Uh, have you guys noticed the more fun flies you do, the less flying you get? Yes. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. But they're so damn fun. Which is kind of an unexpected correlation. I'm not sure if there's a correlation on my side. I think it has more to do with the temperature. Oh, for me, it's definitely fun flies. Because I usually, you know, I I hesitate to get out the week before. Uh, You don't get as much flying in the week you're there. Then the week after, it's not uncommon to not get out because you were just at a fun fly. So three weeks, it puts a pretty big dent in. Now do six of them or five. Right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. And just the the traveling this year, you know, I'm not a good traveler. I don't, traveling takes a lot out of me um, as a, I'm sure it does a lot of people, but man, I got to tell you that this, this year has been amazing in what we've done um, and just the sheer miles we've put on, you know what I mean? Oh, that, dude. That in itself has taken a lot out of the flying. But there's also that, uh, like you said, that it's like that you get back and you're like, you know, you, it's like, it's, it's kind of a, it's break time. You know, it's, uh, it's, you know, you see, you don't, you're not really too concerned about going out the week after and sometimes the weekend after that. Um, but it does take it. I, I agree completely. I have never flown as much as I did the, that summer, I guess two summers ago before we started going to a lot of the fun flies and don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining. They're a lot of fun, but that those, when I was going to the field every weekend and just flying, man, I was getting a lot of flights in. I mean, you know, what was it? 24 cases of fuel. Oh yeah. Yeah. But a lot's changed since then, dude. You got a job. <laughs> yeah, J-O-B. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's a sad fact. I was kind of, I was just, you know, I was looking at my fuel supply and contemplating how much nitro I burnt this year. And um, I've only burnt two cases of nitro this year. Wow. Hmm. You know what? I don't even know if I've burned... One gallon. Wow. Makes me sad. It's sad. Well, instead of being sad, why don't we uh why don't we talk about some news? You got some news this week? Oh we do. Sweet. 
a lot of us out there are starting to dabble in those which shall remain unnamed. Our friends Patrick and Leslie over at KDE Direct have taken their industry-leading standard to the UAV market. Personally, I've flown the 4014 XF 380KV brushless motor in many of my own multi-rotors, and as I expected, they just don't disappoint. Dynamically balanced bells, upper magnet retaining rings, and optimized stator design are just a few of the design aspects that make KDE a true industry leader. I suggest you head over to kdedirect.com and make it yours. Alright guys, this week's news is brought to you by helidaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. What do we got for news this week, Nick? Alrighty, Blade has followed suit with, uh, they released this little teeny tiny, what are they, Justin, what's the name of that, uh, the Estes or the Proto or something like that, that little quad? Yeah. That, uh, the Proto. <laughs> Jesse, the one that we landed on the roof? The one on the yeah, roof the one that, that Othello, you yeah. no longer have. You notice how I threw the we in there, but really it was just, yeah, <laughs> it was, I was sitting down. Yeah. Far, uh, far so away from the transmitter. <laughs> uh, Blade has released one called the Pico Q. Uh, cool little unit. I, you know, it, it comes with four, four spare props. I did not have high expectations when I got this other brand of this one, but we put a ton of flights on it. Had a blast with it. Uh, I, the one downfall was that if you did lose something, I didn't know where to get parts for it. I like that Blade came out with this because you will be able to go down. This is a hobby shop quad. Like I would be willing to bet. Even my ghetto ass Hobby Town USA <laughs> is gonna have one of these there, and I do dig that. So for someone new training, or if you just want to terrorize the people in your living room, this is definitely where it's at. Uh, the you know the new helicopter company we talked about, Oxy, uh, they have what looks to be gone into kind of partnership with Zeal Blades, uh, kind of like Gowie did. Uh, with Halo, they're going to do it with Zeal, and it looks like they're going to be putting some of those blades in with their kits, which is kind of cool. It's nice to... It's one nice. thing I don't... I'm not a big fan of is you get this new helicopter out, and it's got like its own brand of blades. I I don't know. I feel like it very rarely does that work out well. Oh, let's see. Man... I have I have one left, but it's the news of the week, so I want to know if anyone else has anything first, and then we'll come back to it. Oh, you have the news oh. of the week, huh? Oh, yeah. You just gets to pick that? I do. Mm. Yeah, what? Come on now. Jesse, I you and I both have news, and we didn't have the I ability to make the executive decision yeah. there. Nick's, Nick's got seniority. I do. <laughs> See how that works? So, oh. this is a, I didn't... didn't I don't know if you knew this, Justin, but this is a yeah, this is a union shop. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have news, Justin? Oh yeah, I got a bunch of news. Okay, go for it. All right. First news is the Contronic Prog unit has now come out. This is the this is the little guy that everyone's been waiting for that replaces the prog disc. And so basically what it is, is a little USB adapter. It's pretty much like a castle link, actually. You plug this into your Contronic ESC, into the master or slave port, 
And then you plug a little mini USB into the other side of it and plug into your computer. And you can now do all your programming and firmware updates on Contronic software. So they're, they're shipping right now from the factory. They are $71 when they come in. I think they'll be available in the next week or two at our standard retailers, Heli Direct and, you know, those types of guys. Uh, So uh, if you're interested in stepping away from the prog disc or you've been waiting for them to come out with something other than the prog disc, then here is your chance. And it's cheaper than prog disc. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Sorry. It's just like the Castle Link, except four but, times the price. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just going to say, yeah, that's the that's most true. expensive Castle Link I've ever that seen. That is yeah. true. It looks bigger than a Castle Link, so I don't know if there's something uh, else funky going on there. gold in it. Gold. Yeah, that yeah. may be it. That's the but, two gold bars laying down you're right. the side. It is, it is definitely more expensive in, than a in Castle fact, Link. In fact, Castle gives you a Castle Link a coupon for one when you buy a speed controller. Yeah. I almost guarantee you, you won't be getting no coupon. No. Okay. No coupons. So next, this one is, is sort of off the cuff here. I found this recently a couple of days ago and thought it would be pretty neat. And it goes along with what you were just talking about, Dan. Dremel has come out with a 3D printer. Yeah. And it's called the Dremel 3D Idea mm. Builder. It's coming out soon, I think in the next few weeks. You can get it at like Home Depot and Lowe's and Amazon, Amazon. stuff like that. And it is $1000, which is not cheap, but as Dan mentioned, and I know you are referring to machining, Dan, but nonetheless, 3D printer can do the same thing for you for certain things. Mm-hmm. Being able to draft up a a new design, you know, maybe it's just a simple little widget that you want to put on the heli to make it, you know, a little easier to do something or to route wires mm-hmm. or whatever. ESC tray updates. You you uh, use their their design tool. They actually have their own design software. Now, I, I'm sure you're going to be able to use all of the the more hardcore 3d design software out there as well but you can get access to some really user-friendly 3d software design tools and print the stuff out right there in your home in this little plastic 3d printer choose different plastic colors you know so it doesn't all have to be white it's pretty freaking sweet but the one downfall i see is it only prints pla yeah, well, not ABS. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And which is I'm wondering PLA's if inferior. I'm wondering ABS. if there will be an upgrade down the line or they will have another machine that will allow you to do that. But, you know, you're right. Uh ABS it's, would be uh, ideal, but you can still do non-load bearing stuff with this. You yeah, cuz well for for the RC car that we do at school, we print like diff cases and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Stuff that would be really hard to machine because it's just weird geometry. Yeah. But you can print it because, you know, you can print all that stuff. And we tried PLA and we tried ABS and 
I, I really hope that, yeah, this, this is an awesome idea, but hopefully they come out with something that'll print ABS, especially if you're going to be using it, like you mentioned, on a helicopter, you know, in those types of situations. I think you could get away without using ABS if you are doing it for something simple that doesn't take a lot of mm-hmm. load, like a gyro tray, right? Or, you know, yeah. a spacer for servos or something like that. Yeah, something like small and simple. custom ESC mount on the side or receiver mount or something. Yeah. Exactly. Or a USB yeah. mount or something. Or yeah. a scrotum to go on a trophy. Yeah. Right? Definitely I don't I don't care different. what material that is printed in. I just think it's going to be awesome. I That's agree right. with you completely. I don't care if you get your kid to make it out of Play-Doh. <laughs> oh, get your kid dude. to make it out of Play-Doh. Play-Doh ball sack. Yes. What color, Nick? You missed the part about having mm. your kid make it, though. <laughs> no, I, 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 yeah, got, I got that. I'll have Charlie make one. He'll take that right. one to school. Okay, Charlie. So yeah. here's what I want you to make Show a tell. ball sack. Here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you do this weekend, Charlie? I made a ball he's sack. at school in front of all his class. Oh, I made a, I made a model of dad's ball sack. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah that that's probably not gonna work mr poochie can you step outside we need to have a talk (laughs) (laughs) next news dan i'm hoping you got something to say about this because if i know you you are familiar with what i'm about to tell you okay the faa in all their infinite wisdom is now attempting to go back on a advisory circular, which is what they use to sort of lay down laws and guidelines that they issued 33 years ago in 1981, they have issued a memorandum today to request cancellation of AC 91-57 model aircraft operating standards. <laughs> and what this basically does, mm-hmm. this would apply to... uh hobbyists and commercial users unless you have express permission like a movie studio or something like that you wrote a fat check or yeah or you wrote out a fat check (laughs) yeah to buy yourself in they are claiming that they're working on a new advisory circular that's under development and they're going to put it out for public comment and standard rulemaking um and i don't know when that's going to happen but uh, this is this is a could be a pretty severe attack on hobbyists because what it would effectively do redefine is, everything. I'm sorry. Say that again, Dan. Re- redefine everything. It would redefine everything. It would basically get rid of all of the legal language that currently allows us in the model aircraft hobby. Uh, to operate uh, freely, for example, as long as we don't fly above 400 feet. You know, uh, the the safety guidelines for flying at a distance, uh, set distance away from an airport, that sort of a thing. Um, and it would revert back to effectively having a U.S. air national airspace that is owned completely by the FAA and in which model aircraft at least as i interpret it uh are not are not welcome until a new advisory circular comes out 
that is likely to be far more restrictive. So if this has been that way and they actually had a law the whole time, right? I mean, is that kind of what I'm getting by this? Is that someone dug up and said, hey, wait a minute, you already created a law way back then. I mean, could there be like counteraction for this? The people that they cause business loss, could they go back and sue them? Well, the problem is this interpretations of the of the uh, rules, so to speak, and judges declaring that these are uh, the FAA has no authority to enforce those interpretations. Mm-hmm. What they want to do is they want to go back to 1981 when they wrote these initial initial rulings and when at the time. The RC, you know, it was such a small, you know, benign hobby where there weren't, uh, you know, the participation that we see at this level and, uh, you know, the potential, as they will say, hazards, safety concerns, those didn't exist. You know, there wasn't a a perceived threat. So they're going to want to go back and they're going to want to rewrite that. They're going to want to redefine it to meet their standards that they're trying to impose upon us that's right yeah and and the the rough part about all of this is this even though it's 33 years old nick people have been using this document actively in legal battles against the faa i mean there are there are some Uh pretty significant court cases i think there are four or five of them in the last six months that have have used successfully used AC ninety one dash fifty seven uh, as a an argument for the legality of drones and other model aircraft, and so now they're basically saying, "Well, get rid of it. We're we're reopening it to interpretation." As Dan said, it no longer can be written this way because times have changed. I'm going to go back and reinterpret and rewrite and the expected outcome will be that no one can do anything anymore. They say the guidance in this circular is no longer applicable. But isn't it a, Mm. doesn't, I mean, doesn't it still stand until they do update Mm -hmm. it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But, but see, that's typical of the FAA. It, it, they, they're, it's like the, these, these rule interpretations that they just arbitrarily decided to try to enforce and judges, two of them, have said, no, you can't do that, yet they still continue because they have the resources that the federal government has, right? They can do that. They can squander our tax dollars away fighting or, you know, prosecuting people on on a rule that they have no authority to enforce because what's stopping them from doing that? Nothing, yeah, because nothing. they have the resources to do it. Yep. So their idea is, is what they're going to do. They're going to target people who don't have the resources to fight back. It's just, it's strong arming and it's bullying. And it's, it's just, it typifies the current administration in every sense of the word. Mm-hmm. This is how this administration works on every level. And I know this isn't a political show, but we see it with the IRS. We see, you know, we see it with every aspect. We see it with the, with the forest service. Yep. Wanting to charge $1,500 for me to take a photo and try to sell it. Um, I mean, it's, 
it's just so damn frustrating. I just, I just don't, uh, I, you look, when it comes right down to it, I still think that in the long run and, and I don't, this is completely from a commercial side because, uh, frankly, if the AMA is our guiding light, God save us all. But on the commercial side, there's enough money interested in this technology that it's going to be able to be, it's going to be fought and it's going to. Oh yeah. The, the big money will fight these guys and it's going to be long and painful and expensive, but it'll happen. Yeah. But we don't have that in the hobby. We don't, we have the AMA money. The AMA is our voice. Wow. You get what you pay for guys. Consider that next time you write out that check to the AMA. That is correct. Yeah, so this just came out today, October 10th. Yeah, I had not had a chance. This is the first hmm. time I'm hearing of it, and I'm, trust me, when we're done recording tonight, I will be looking that shit up and researching it thoroughly. But I, I'm not surprised. Uh, I actually had had conversa- conversations with other folks about that very document. Um, I didn't know the name of it, but I knew it was 1981 because uh, it's referred to so often. Um, when having discussions with other people in the commercial side of this industry, it doesn't surprise me. It just does not surprise me that they're going to try to play revisionist and, and, uh, mm-hmm. mold, mold it to suit their needs. Yeah. The thing that bugs me is if you actually read the memo, like the, the news link that we'll have up on the show notes, will have a copy, a photocopy of the actual memo from the FAA. And what they basically say is they claim that this new AC doc or the old AC document is superseded by statutory language in the FAA Modernization and Reform Act of 2012. They've issued an interpretation regarding the scope of the special rule and the FAA's enforcement authority over model aircraft as affirmed by the statute. The new interpretation also provides guidance to the model aircraft industry. Therefore, the guidance in this AC is no longer applicable. I mean, they just they come right out and say, we changed our mind. Yep. Yeah. We want to okay, do over. you found the law. Uh, it doesn't count anymore and you can't try to hold that against us and we'll get you a new one. Yeah. What kind yeah, of crap is that? That's lawmaking in the FAA, baby. I feel like I should be able to go to work and do that. Here's the deal. You're going to pay me this yeah. much. I'm only going to do this much work. Right, and you're right. never going to hold it against me if I complain and tell you that you can't yep. do what hey, you Hey, boss, do. I changed my mind. I, I thought about it this weekend. I don't like you very much and I don't like my job. So I'm going to do less and you're going to pay me more and you're going to like it. And I'm going to rewrite my own contract. That's right. Yeah. I'm going to. Re- <laughs> and if you want to fight me in court, I'm going to use your money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well played, my friend. That is yeah. in very <laughs> well the case. played. It's, uh. it's sickening. I don't, you know, God damn it. When are we going to wake up? You know, we put these fools in office. We have no one to blame but ourselves. It's just, it's ridiculous. Where has common sense gone? Jesus. 
<sighs> Justin, you got me going. You got me going now. Now I'm really pissed off. Are you happy? Sorry, dude. I, I honestly, I thought you- that you had already known about this, so I was figuring that you were gonna. No, I, you know, that's the first I'm hearing of it. Well, let's finish up the news. Let's finish the news. Go for it, Nick. Who your news of the week? Is that all you got, Justin? Jesse, I, I'm done. I, I, I. Oh, you're done. I. Go ahead. Go ahead, dude. Oh, I got some oh, news. Oh, jeez. Oh, it's a, yeah. Compass right? news? My nipples are hard. Not compass news. Oh. <laughs> Jesse's got news. I'm excited. Dan has erect nipples. <laughs> wow. Yes, I said erect nipples. Man. Like a little schoolgirl. I'm going to have to start coming up with some news more <laughs> oh, often. That's quite the response. Oh, Jesse. <laughs> Does that get you excited? Oh, it looks- it looks like, so the news I have, it looks like BK Servo has a couple new servos coming out. Looks like we got a micro-sized cyclic servo Uh-oh. and a mini-sized tail servo. I feel like now, I, this might have something to do with the 380. Just, you, just Maybe. And maybe since the description they say, you, you know, it can work on any small helicopter ranging from 325 to 380 millimeters. <laughs> now, these are micros or these are minis? One of each. So, micro cyclics and a mini tail servo. Okay. Which Jesse found out is like the magic combo. That is the magic combo for this size helicopter. Micro tail servos can lick it. Yes, mini tail servos are where it's at. And I think a lot of the newer kits have the option to run either. Yep. And, you know, from my experience, it's it's a definite upgrade for getting that uh, mini tail servo on there. But looking at the specs, these things are following suit with some of the full-size servos that, he, you know, he's got also. So we're looking at, at 7.4 volts or high voltage, 0.06 seconds for the cyclic servo with 80.5 inch ounces and for the mini 0.03 seconds and 76 inch ounces of torque Jeez. and that's for a mini size tail fast. servo so almost 80 inch ounces of torque and 0.03 seconds for a mini tail servo looks wow. good and you know that's sticking nuts, with the man. uh sticking with the same kind of uh design I've um, got the little bit of a heat sink look going to the casing. Nice red and blue anodized cases. So they look nice. Specs look good. High voltage, coreless servos. Yeah. Very nice. Very, very nice. All right. Are you, are you guys ready no, for it? No, dude. That's all. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to round this news out and actually contribute some news. What? Absolutely. Dude. I don't believe it. I do. I have some real news. Our buddy uh, Chris Treby down in Florida got in touch with me. Was wondering if I'd make a mention uh, for the Port St. Louis. That's not right. It's not Louis, is it? Port St. Lucy? 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 Lu- Lucy. Lucy? Lucy? <laughs> it's your Port St. Lucy. Port St. Lucy. Somewhere in Florida. Some goblin space over there. Oh my god! We're gonna go very fast. Wow. <laughs> what accent is that, Nick? That's Nick's special little dude that lives yeah, in the closet. Nick's special. Dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the dates dog. for this event: Saturday and Sunday, November first and second. Two-day event. 
scale helis, 3D helis, and uh, those which shall remain unnamed will be there. All right. Huge flight did you station. Say scale? I did. Awesome. <laughs> Large flight stations, plenty of room for everyone to fly. <laughs> There's going to be food, vendors, raffles, rock and music, and great people. But based on what I've been told about the East Coast, no one there past 10 o'clock at night. That's just my own little interpretation. (laughs) 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 Do they have sodas? (laughs) Okay, now you're really starting to freak me out, dude. So I don't know about the whole 10 o'clock at night thing. (laughs) I don't know what the hell that is, but... (laughs) I just decided to add that in there just to kind of twist the knife a little bit. That's how they do things on the East Coast, apparently. Nice. And I'm sure we're going to get some hate mail about that. We probably are. I don't know. I don't know. They may rock out with their cocks out all night. can't hate the truth. I don't know. Well, last time we kind of... Yes, you can. There's going to be a few pros there. Bert Cameron, Bobby Watts, uh, Art Hughes. Is he, is he considered pro? Courtney? Art Hughes can throw down, dude. Can he? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, he can, dude. Yep. Um, If you, wanna, if you want to have more information, you can... Uh, th- th- this uh, There's a link to it on our uh, calendar, right? Or you can just get a hold of Chris or Courtney, um, Facebook. Everybody knows who those guys are. Um, apparently, they I've never seen this video, but apparently last year they made a video. And um, there's also a YouTube uh, of the, uh, I don't have, I, I got the link here. We'll probably try to put it in the show notes, but who knows. Um, but those guys will be able to get you the information you need. So. We did send down a couple shirts, uh, I think five or six shirts uh, to be given away at the raffle. So if you're in the area, check it out. That's my news, Nick. Sweet. Can I do it? News of the week. News of the week, man. What is it? It better be worth it, man. It better be good. It better be good. good, Because we just had some really good conversation. We did, dude. I feel like this is very worth it. Okay. We all, I'm just going to start out, and I think it's fair to say that we all don't like micros, right? Right. Fair. If there was going to be one, I have been told this is the one. How many times have we heard that before? Yeah, you know, I, Dan, that was the side of caution that I erred on. Okay. And then I started looking at this a little more. So what I'm talking about is the Blade 180. CFX. Okay. This is it is this is just a little guy, but there's some things about this that I don't think that have been done in this size. And and the videos that I've seen, like, oh my gosh. Uh the quotes that I have gotten are, you know, uh y- you can aileron TikTok this thing all day long. The plastic is not traditional micro heli plastic. This is more the plastic quality of like the 700X. Um, It has the same optimized servo geometry that the 700X does. Where this gets a little unique is it's not one of those little boards with the, you know, the ghetto little built-in servos. Five and ones. All individual. What's that? Five and one boards. Yep. This is not one of those. So this is a receiver. With you remember how Blade came out with that AS3X technology mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. that they were using in some of the planes? So this is a receiver 
with that built into it. So it's a completely separate gyro. It's got a Castle 15-amp Talon ESC in it. Hmm. Nice. Running off of a 3S. So we're like, and to me, that's kind of a big indicator right there. Like they just skipped the whole 2S thing. We're not going there. 3S 450. I have seen video after video after video. And oh my God. The biggest thing, and this is torque tube. I know people are like, oh my gosh, because which one was it? The 130 that was just like the gears were stripping all the time, mm-hmm. right, Dan? The 130, and there Did was a, have- there was another one too. Um, oh, what the hell was it? Uh, 200? No, nah, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't. Uh, God, who made it? It was. Yeah, uh, I can't remember. I have any one. heli with a torque tube below 450. Yeah, you you know, rave 450 and under. <laughs> yeah yeah well this supposedly no go and one thing that i really noticed in all in the videos is that they were uh james haley when he's flying it he's doing some very very uh tail demanding maneuvers you could see all of the like all of the old mcpx videos and the mcpx brushless videos they were doing maneuvers that were favored left pyro so that when you Pop the cyclic, you just it looked like you were giving rudder, you know what I mean? Yeah, as it kind of blew out a little bit. But he he was TikToking the crap out of this thing, holding very impressively solid, sitting there in one spot, Piro flipping it. Uh, uh, man, design wise, I absolutely love it. It looks like a miniature, I mean, it looks like a, a Teeny tiny one eighty four fifty is what it really looks like. If this works as good as the videos, if they don't have any production issues, I truly believe that this is going to take the whole mic. It's going to repop, popularize. Is that a word? Popularize. It is. It is now. If it isn't, yeah, we'll take it. Okay. Well, yeah. it's going to repopularize the micro market. And start that boom all over again and really set the bar that much higher. I mean, again, I'm just I'm going off of the design on paper. Everything on here looks really good to me. I would not be surprised if very soon we're gonna start seeing other manufacturers making blades. I mean, this is gonna be a heavily upgrade popular heli, but I mean, even that beside the point. In the videos, stock. I'm way, way impressed. Did it, did you guys see the videos? I haven't seen any of those videos, man. Uh, wait, you know, I actually, I, I actually did see them, but I didn't watch them. <laughs> uh, you mean you saw the link to? The I video. saw the link to them, but I didn't watch them. I just, it's a micro, dude. I did I see the video, and I have a few questions. Okay, are we sure that the heli in the video is a stock heli? <laughs> yes. So it's stock no, no, no. blades. Like stock. Stock. Yeah, Jesse, get in on this a little bit. I really want to make what? sure we're we're clear here. Stock the helicopter right out of the box. In the video is the helicopter that you will be buying bone stock out of the box. It's not like a spin blade special. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. 
Bazing. <gasps> so let me. Um... <laughs> well, okay. Now, hold on. I oh, Dan, bear with me for a sec. I'm looking at the spec sheet here and they are boasting a high power output 5,800 KV brushless outrunner motor. And then I look in the product specs list and it says motor size brushless outrunner 4,000 KV. I see a 4,000 KV on the PDF that I got. I am looking at the actual blade website. (laughs) There's both in there. Okay. Oh, okay. So they have a typo there. All right. Well, maybe the one in the video is running the 5,800. That's fair. You know what? I will ask and find out. Please and we'll do update next. Week. Honestly, I, I'm curious because here's the deal: if if that is stock, then this is an impressive little heli. Because all of the other helis out around, there yo. in this size, I've never seen them fly like that. No, I mean, you, no. if you didn't know you were looking at a 180 and you were just you know looking at the standard zoomed out flight video i would have guessed this was more like a 450 yeah Mm. so what you're saying is this is a this is a stock alley i just wanted to clarify (laughs) dan you're not helping dan (laughs) oh this is a big deal we (laughs) it's truth and advertising that's all i'm saying now nick you may or may not have noticed when you click on the parts and accessories tab on the blade website that they have optional accessories. You mentioned it came with, with all plastic parts, but that they're pretty heavy duty plastic parts. They're not like the standard microplastic, which is good. Yep. Hopefully what that means is that it'll survive a crash, a standard micro crash without too much damage. But, If you want to bling it out, you can buy almost all of the standard plastic parts in aluminum. Did you see that? Yeah, I I did now. And you know what I think is really smart on their part? Maybe they've kind of come around a little bit and realized that option parts and upgrades for these things are like gold in this hobby. That's where the market's at. Lynx has built... Uh, an empire on it you know kde was doing it uh until they got in the multi thing so maybe they're getting smart and being like you know what we'll be (laughs) we're we're gonna release it with upgrades available at the exact same time well and by the look of it it actually is gold because 25 bucks for a set of aluminum main (laughs) blade grips yeah but okay you're not on something this size you're never going to break those. Are you sure? In a 180, dude, you'd have to. Well, okay. I mean, I've <laughs> seen some pretty nasty 130 crashes before, dude. Yeah, I guess. Well, it's probably like anything. Just depends on what you fly over. But I, I don't know, dude. I think it's cool. I think it's really cool. I mean, uh, I'm my, good with it for the record. If I ever got one, I'd bling it out. The only thing that that makes me kind of wonder is like, I wonder about the servos because in the past, you know, they haven't had the best, but I say, but 
the cyclic servos on this are Spectrum ones. They're not E-flight ones. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the the high-voltage Spectrum ones, the, the newer generation of Spectrum servos have been really good. I... I think that it would be, you know, at a price of two fifty, I could see spending two fifty on this because, and here's the deal: I could fly it in the backyard. Yeah, true. Do, do these do these little helis count towards our flight counts? Uh, this, I mean, it, dude, if you're if you're in the yes, back practicing no, anything, no, 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 no. doing aileron TikToks, I feel like it counts. Yeah, it counts. Why wouldn't it count? Then multi-rotor flight should count as well. No. 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 It's not about the size of the heli. It's about what you're doing with it, dude. Dan, it's not about the size. Yeah, if if you ailer hunt tick, that's a right. Multi-rotor. <laughs> that's a, that's a myth. That's <laughs> not what she told me. If, if she's telling you that, then she feels sorry for you. Yeah. Well, I just, I don't have that problem. I'm rocking a 770. I'm just saying for you, buddy. You know. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, what I'll rock my bands around. Just, why do you always have to bring it to the gutter? Me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm playing the blame on you this time. Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> I don't know. This is pretty sweet, though. I'm excited. I mean, I'm really excited. I'm going to say that almost without question, I will get one of these. Nick, what are the clear rubber bands on the servo cases? On the There's what? a marked absence of fasteners holding the servo cases together. So I think they're using a rubber band. To hold this. No, they're on the screws are on the back. No, dude. Click gallery. Maybe they are. And then go to the... I don't care as long as it stays picture. together. Who cares? Yeah, maybe that's a safety feature. I didn't say I cared. I'm asking the question. That's all. I don't know. That's a... <laughs> Hell, I might weird. be able to shave a few grams off my helis. Just use you a rubber band. You should do that, on your, do that to your speed, man. Take the screws out. Put rubber bands. <laughs> yeah. Good plan. Good plan. Get the good ones though. Don't don't skimp on the rubber bands. Get the good yep, ones. Yep, I know. Expensive. I don't know, boys. Don't go with that Office Depot crap. You're right. <laughs> I'm digging it. Hey, I'm digging it. I'm but. I'm digging the price. To be honest with you, for a, a capable yeah. micro, that seems like a pretty good price. It does I just don't feel like they could have? I just don't feel like that video was over embellished at all. So I mean, th- those maneuvers are. Those maneuvers, there's the same kind of stuff that I do on my 700. And yes, I understand James is an incredible pilot, but the fact that it will do them and is capable of them, you know, yeah, it might not feel super great. It not, might not be very fluid in apparel flip, but I mean, geez, man, if it keeps you flying in the backyard, banging out flights when you can't get out to the field, working on funnels and all that kind of stuff, heck yeah. Is it a bind and fly? Yes, it is. So, That's the only problem. So I got to have a Spectrum radio. I got one. I will fly that on my DX6i, yo. You know, I've got a DX6i as well. I have a DX7 now that I think about it, like the old school original one. Yeah. It's 
steal my kid's DX6i. That's it. That's the news of the week, boys. That's a pretty good news of the week. I think you're right. I feel that's a great news of the week. All right, guys. This week's news is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. BK servos offer a value not yet seen in the industry. For less than $100, you get a super fast servo with plenty of torque. Lightweight, compact, and unique CNC design with excellent centering. There is just nothing on the market like this today. So if you want to experience great value and industry-leading support, head over to www.bkservo.com and check them out. See what I did there, Justin? Little choppy. Little, I mixed it up. A little, a little but you did mix I it up. Couldn't tell if you were cutting out. Um, I can appreciate I can, that. Yeah. It, it was delivered as intended, Jesse. That's all you okay. need to know. I didn't get it. <laughs> That's called professionalism, <laughs> right there. So, what are we gossiping about this week, guys? Uh, a little bit of uh, uh, repurposing. Bent equipment, gluing, taping, <laughs> maybe gluing, tongue. patching, bending parts <laughs> back, aluminum versus plastic. Where do you just want to start? when you thought it was broke, you bend it back. Now you see, back in the day when we were flying fly bars, bending fly bars was a very, very common thing. Oh yeah, yeah. What? Yep. Okay, so what on the newer helicopters, the uh, fly bar list? What are we? I mean, what? Uh, Torque tubes? What are we bending? What are we? What are we bending? Uh, I think it depends. Uh, torque tubes is a definite one. Do Servo you get links. I actually Servo have a, links. Let's talk about torque tubes first, because I actually have a tip. And those of you who have been into archery, yes, will find this tip very useful. Uh, yes. If you were into archery at any decent level, chances are you have an arrow bender or a little caliber. It's a, it's, I can't remember what the hell they're called, but they're like little dial indicators with a little, with a little lever, right? You could dial indicate the arrow shaft. You could find the high spot and then you could press down on the little lever, right? And you could take a bent arrow and make it damn near perfectly straight again. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I have one of those. I haven't bothered doing it because I just soon put a new torque tube in. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, and how uh, many torque tubes I actually, have you restored? Yeah, and it depends too, dude. Because on a torque tube, you got to be careful. If it's too bent, or and you don't get it out, like yeah. you don't get it straightened really well, then you can get into vibrations. Yeah, but generally speaking, yeah, you can do you can do the bend on the torque tube. What Let about me, a boom? Ever done it on a boom? Before we go into the boom. Let me ask you guys a question because I've done this before and it seemed to work. Now, I remember uh, once a long, long time ago, I was in my trailer and I had Nick on the phone. And I'm sure you won't remember this phone call because there was nothing in particular about it. But I was talking to you, Nick, about bending torque tubes back by hand because I had a torque tube delivered in the, in the protective little, you know, see-through plastic tubes they come in, uh, align stuff. And it mm-hmm. came to me bent. It didn't have a big bend in it. I bent it back to where I thought it was um, pretty straight. But what I did is I added a third bearing. 
thinking that that would help with vibrations or help straighten the tube out if if there were issues with it. Mm -hmm. you, you ever done anything like that? Did it work? It. I didn't have any vibrations. So, but, yeah, I think the third bearing yeah. makes sense. Uh, I like three bearings on all of them. I was going to really? say, generally, it's probably not yeah. a bad idea. I've done that on my aligns before where I stick a third bearing in there, and they yep. do seem to run smoother. And I have straightened... Uh, now, again, because I do have a bit of an archery background, uh, and then working in a in a machine shop for a while, uh, you, you you know I can bend something back by hand, fairly straight, kind of all the tricks to check it. Um, but I don't have a problem bending a torque tube back at all. I, I really don't, as long as it's not too bad. You know, like you said, you can get arrow straighteners. Grayling Perfect actually makes one that's not too bad. It's about 61 bucks, I think. Um, but, yeah, I've done them back by hand, by eye. You can kind of tell. At a certain point, mm -hmm. you're just not making any progress, and then it starts getting really wavy. Well, you know, and what you got to be careful about... It, it, Two things, and this really depends on the metal, but on aluminum, you have to be particularly careful. You don't ever want to bend it to the point where you start to see creasing. Okay, no. most of oh, this yeah. aluminum no, no, no. is powder coated, painted, or anodized. If Even if you don't see the crease, if you see any area where that paint is starting to crackle, you're done. Throw it in the trash. Yep. The other one is... Yep that you can only bend it so much. So you can't do the thing where you bend it and it's like, oh, I went too far. Okay, bend it back the other. Oh, I went too far again. No, Throw it in no, the no. trash. You got to be able to do an accurate, clean bend the first or second time or else you're going to overstress that portion of the material and you're screwed. Yeah. Yep. Booms, I've never bothered. I've never had luck with it. They just... They want to buckle so quickly. That was the key there. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I've never had a boom that was so slightly damaged that it justified attempting to bend it back. And I've seen a lot of booms shear at the boom clamp. So then yeah. that makes me just even more mm -hmm. like, nah, not worth well, the, it. The boom clamp and then right where it comes out of the boom block. If yep. you don't look carefully, sometimes there will be a crease right there. So it's just one of those things where it might not be worth it. What the, about uh, uh, the the links for me is something that's pretty common. I mean, again, yeah. most of these links are steel. Uh, most of them are either two and a half or three millimeter diameter steel, which is hefty material. Right. And. Yep. They're not under a significant load, despite what a lot of people might think. Uh, there's not a lot of force put on those links. And if it's, if something's going to fail, it's going to be the plastic, not the metal. Yeah, the plastic right? ball link. <laughs> so what I tend to do with those, if it's, if it's only a slight bend and it can be bent back by hand and you feel like that's going to be an accurate way to do it, then I'll do it that way. Uh, a lot of times, if there's just a little bend in it, I'll stick it in a vise. Yep. and tighten the vice down and bend it back straight. If I'm not getting what I need out of that, though, uh, and you've heard me talk about this before, the blowtorch is one of my favorite tools in my garage because you can heat up a piece of steel that annuls it and softens it, okay? No, the, I'm talking like a full-on 
oh, blowtorch. Okay. Uh, you can heat up a piece of steel, and what that does is it anneals it and softens it. You can bend it back to shape, and then if you heat it again and quench it in either water or motor oil, uh, yep. you will harden the material again, and it's not going to bend. It. You've heat treated it. That's right. And so I, I do that all the time. It's no big deal. Never had a problem with it at all. I think that's a you got to use your best judgment, of course, because it can be a safety concern. But again, links are usually not that big of a deal. Yeah, I'll been, do I, it on I the long all the time. Do you? Yep. Yeah. Same here. I've been about. Well, you know, I'm not as much on the Raptor because they give you a full kit of them in every crash kit. So I've got just a ridiculous amount of spares. But yeah, I don't have a problem doing that. Uh Feathering shafts. Uh, I will on a feathering shaft. Ooh. Yeah, I don't. I don't screw with that. I generally re- will replace that on a crash, no matter what. I'll keep it. You know, just because. Have you now really I, bent a feathering shaft back and then flown it again, Nick? On a seven hundred size that, heli? No, that that's. <laughs> I, did, I guess I didn't finish my sentence. On a seven hundred, no. Back when I was learning and crashing a lot on a 450, yes. Oh, I'm on board with the yeah. 450. I can get on yep. board with that. Yeah. 700, no, not even worth it. Well, 700 uh, would be difficult to do. That's a piece yeah. of metal. <laughs> I mean, that's like arbor an 8 press. or 10 millimeter block yeah, of metal. Yeah, you'd need an arbor press or a really good big anvil. Yep. Yep. What about, here's one that's a little crazy. But I, I don't mind it. What about aluminum tail bell cranks? Uh, you know, done I've, it. Never, I've never bent one of those. Done it. Yeah. Well, let's get one thing straight, Dan. I have bent one of everything at one point. And so <laughs> <laughs> I think about these sorts uh, of uh, fixes a lot. I guess I see. I view those right there with uh, aluminum pitch arms on the head, like the bolt-on style. You know that that your main oh, the bolt-on to the block. Yeah, yeah the bolt-on yeah. to your grips. But usually, yeah. I mean, the ones that I own mm. or are familiar with, Nick, are beefy enough to the point where if I've had a bad enough crash to bend them, I probably don't want to bother trying to bend them back. Like the SAB yeah. detachable blade grip arms are massive and thick and heavy. But on the tail, that that doesn't bother me at all. Again, it's not under any significant amount of load. Yeah. I think a lot of people wrongfully assume that since it's big and massive and it sounds scary and it's got a powerful motor, it means that every part on the heli is under significant stress. And that is not at all the case. What about swash follower arms? Yes, not a problem. Yep. Take Done it the before. Plastic, take the plastic link off. Yes. And then <laughs> put it in the vise. He, I think that, you know, the that little mic, um, Radio Shack micro blowtorch, Justin, that mm-hmm. you got, and then I got one because of it. That's That, to me, is where that thing just shines oh, like yeah. you wouldn't believe. And I, I mean, didn't mean to say you couldn't use that. That's certainly powerful enough. But I use like a massive map gas torch and hit it with like 
you know, two seconds and it's ready to go. Yeah. So what else? take me through that process. How So you heat it up, then put it in the vise or do you put it in the vise and heat it up while you're straightening it? Well, it, it, well, no, you heat it up and then straighten it however you want to do it. And it depends on the part, right? But for say, say it's like a steel link, the link that runs from your swash plate to your main grips. What I will typically do is look it over and determine exactly what direction it's bending. And then I will clamp it down in, I have a flat vise. Uh, and so I'll clamp it down on the side of the vise, not sticking straight up, but on the side so that I can look down on it lengthwise and check the bend. And I'll clamp it such that the bend axis is going only in one direction, right? Say to the left. And then what I will do is I'll heat it up. I'll heat it up at the site of the bend until it gets warmish, orange, not, you don't want it to go to like hot white or yellow, but when it starts glowing a little bit of orange and then I'll tap it just a little tiny bit with a hammer or another tool into straight, Mm -hmm. double check it again, heat it back up and then drop it in some water and it's ready to go. Hmm. And you can, I mean, I have experimented with this before you can, if you don't believe it, the whole heating and quenching, try it, go take a crappy piece of metal that you're not going to use, heat it up, let it cool, bend it around like it's rubber and you see you got it annealed and then heat it up again and quench it and now try to bend it. It's not going to bend. It actually hardens it more than the standard hardening that you would get out of a piece of stainless steel. But there can be too much. You can. If you go too much, you yep. can damage it. You're right. All I, I think it, it should go without saying, but we'll be explicit. Any of these modifications that you do or fixes, you got to get it right the first, maybe the second time, depending on the criticality of the part. You can't just keep doing it over and over again until you figure it out on the same part. Yep. I'll do the same thing, Dan, for uh, frame stiffeners. You know, the little metal frame stiffeners that go across the two uh, frame halves. Shapely frame stiffers? (laughs) Oh, yeah, I've bent those, Jesse. Jeez. (laughs) Yep. There's, I'm telling you, there's not much I haven't bent. You're hard on your shit, dude. No, what it's about, just that when I crash, pa- I crash pretty hard. <laughs> so what about patching the actual frame? Oh, I'm the all over that, fiber. too. Well, I know you've probably broken some because you've broken every part on a freaking helicopter. So. Yeah, so a good example of that is for those of you who have owned a whiplash before, you know, they had those big, stupid M4 bolts on the original uh, landing gear, the stat or the stock skids where they yep. bolted through. And when you crashed it, it would break or bend or crack that little tab that the landing gear was sitting on. Right. I, I think you can probably do something similar with the I'd imagine, although I haven't done it myself, Jesse, maybe you have on the 7HV. 
the lower frames kind of come down to those two upside down triangular points. And then that's yep. where the, the metal cross braces that the landing gear are on. Um, mm-hmm. you know, any sort of, any sort of feature like that tail fin, any sort tail of fe- fin is mine. Oh yep. my gosh. So what you can do is if you look at the condition of the part, uh, these are these are multi-layered parts, right? Because it's a carbon fiber layout. Yep. So a lot of times you've just kind of bent it and you've cracked the plies away from each other so that they're separated. But you haven't actually ripped a chunk out or damaged it uh, so that you can't put the thing back together. When that's the case, what I'll typically do is I'll get some thin CA and I will wick it in between all of the different layers and then I'll clamp that tab in a vise and just let it dry. And when it comes back out, it's it's clean and solid and it doesn't bend and it doesn't crack. If you actually break the part, like Nick said on the tail fin, I'll, I'll sand it up and do a full fiberglass patch or carbon fiber patch. Yeah, with see, some I don't light go glass. that far. I don't go that far. I'll, I'll kind of draw the line. Like if it's if more than half of the layers are cracked, more than half the layers are cracked, I don't bother with it. But if less than half the layers are cracked, then I'll definitely do the thin CA in the vice yep. thing. Yeah, the thin CA in the vice only works if there's not a lot of load on it, because if there yeah. is, it's going to crack again. That's why I don't mind using a thin piece of fiberglass cloth to oh. lay up on the outside. And you can epoxy isn't that, that down with five minute. You can even use CA. You don't need to use epoxy with fiberglass. And then you can sand it smooth and clean it up. Isn't the uh, the CA going to be more brittle than the original part? So isn't that why there's maybe a concern for cracking again? Yeah, the CA, the CA can be more brittle. But over the amount of surface area that you got in between yeah. those plies, I mean, I've never had an issue with it. You know, there aren't many companies that can honestly say they offer a complete spectrum of helis from beginner all the way to expert. Well, Blade Helicopters can not only make that claim, but they can most certainly back it up. Whether you're looking for your first collective pitch heli, like maybe the 200 SRX with self-leveling safe technology, or you're ready to step up and play with the big boys and get the 700X Pro Series, you'll be sure to find a Blade Heli that will fit your skill level and budget. From little kids to big kids, Blade's got something for you. So fly on over to www.bladehelis.com for more information. All right, you guys. Well, I suppose it's time we uh, start wrapping this one up. But uh, before we do, maybe we should uh, get some emails. What do you think? I got yeah. two shout outs before we do emails, dude. All right, man. Let me hear Ready? Mm-hmm. One of our listeners, Antonios Printezas, you guys know him. He's a warm weather dick yes, of is. Arizona. Ah. He just got invited to and, and accepted the invite, by the way, to SAB Goblin Team USA. Wow. So congrats, dude. Yes. Congrats. This has been something that he's really been excited about and been wanting to do for a long time. And it finally, finally happened. 
So in addition to being on Team Rotary Wing RC, he's now on Team Goblin. What do you so, think about that? That's pretty cool, man. Moving uh. up in the world, Antonios. Yeah. The other one, and this is, I thought this was actually kind of a cool story. It's, uh, it, it starts heli related and then it, it moves on from there. You guys know John C. Burton. Yeah. Dan, in particular, you know him. He was hanging out with us, uh, with his buddy Al at Dieter's place before our fun fly this year. Yeah. And he, he drove up from Sandy or San Diego or LA area, really enjoyed the fun fly a lot. Uh, it turns out that he's been he he still does helis, but he's also been getting into indoor racing um, and he is heading to an international indoor carpet race in Las Vegas. And he let me know this week that that's all he he claims that's all because of our fun fly, because when he came to the RCHN fun fly, he met uh, Willie Chung from expert servos. And they ended up talking. He got some got some servos and then ended up getting into the servo side of the of the car world. And now he's off doing like serious races, like an actual international race, not just a neighborhood thing. So, John, I think you'll probably be on your way to Vegas when this uh, show airs. So good luck, buddy. Kick ass. Nice. All right. Anybody else got any uh, listener shout outs, as it were? No? Yeah. No, I don't think so. Screw those guys. (laughs) Screw you guys. (laughs) Screw you guys. (laughs) All righty. How about some emails then? How about you, Nick? How am I going to get in touch with you? Uh, You would email me. Yeah. Yeah. Just nick at the interwebs.com. Yep. <laughs> Get on your computer. Now you'd send one to nick at rchelionation.com. Justin? You could send me an email to justin at rchelionation.com or, as is becoming much more popular, catch me on Facebook. Please yeah. catch me on Facebook because I'm getting behind on emails again. Jesse? <laughs> Uh, you could send me an email at jesse at rchelionation.com. Catch me on Facebook as well. I think you can catch Nick on Facebook, too. He's um, Yep. Little, yeah, every, he checks in little, once a month. Once, like occasionally, once or Dude, but you guys only, are pitching me crap, but Justin is getting to be worse. Yeah. What do you mean I'm worse? Yeah. Uh, what do you mean, what do I mean? You're worse. <laughs> About <me>. what? <laughs> what? Why do engineers always ask so obvious questions? What do you mean that I mean? What did I mean? What yeah. the hell are you talking about, dude? <laughs> oh, my <Yeah>. God. <laughs> oh, my God. Dude. Give up. Yeah. Gives up. Well, Done. I'm Dan. You can reach me at Dan. No, seriously. <laughs> Your turn's Whoa. over. WTF. It's, it's quiet time now. Okay? It's, qu- yeah. <laughs> it's quiet time now. Bad. Dan at rcalienation.com. Dan K. Reed on the forums. Uh, Facebook as well. Uh, I do check it every so often. Um, I would invite you guys to check out our webpage, rchelionation.com. You got our chat room there on the front page. You can chat with the guys that hang out there. Uh, the forum as well. And as we mentioned, um, we have plans for the forum. So hold on. Uh, it's pretty ambitious. Um, and frankly, we don't even know where we're going to start, but we know we're going to do it. 
How does that sound? Uh, <clears throat> check that out also to, of course, Facebook. Continued support there is fantastic. Thank you guys for your support on Facebook. And uh, I just uh, I just feel compelled to say again, once again, thanks, uh, thanks, Ken, for taking on the role you've taken on here. It's just you don't even I think I don't think you realize uh, how much help that those tasks that you have taken on are relieving us <laughs> from. It's just a big help. That's that's all I can say. So thank you. And again, if you have any questions for Ken when it comes to uh, shirts, hats, stickers, stuff, he will be your first line of contact. Uh, he will then get in touch with us to talk about acquiring stuff that we don't have, stickers, such like stuff like that. Um, Ken at rchillynation.com. Well, guys, uh, this has been episode 157. 157. We are on the upside going towards 200. Yeah. Damn. Yep. It's awesome. We sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we've enjoyed making it. And uh, we'll see you next Monday. See you later, guys. <laughs> later, guys. Get some flying in. Anyone have a shoulder? This has been a production of RC Heli Nation LLC and is brought to you by KDE Direct, SoCo Heli Tools. Progressive RC, Blade Helicopters, BK Servos, Revelectrics USA, and Rotary Wing RC. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please feel free to send us an email. You got caught. Yep. I'm sorry, dude. I have a particularly explosive ejaculate. It's like a crazy <laughs> fireman's hose. <laughs> <laughs> what in the hell are you guys talking about?